0: evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 58 of the Whatevery Show. We have so much good stuff for you tonight. It's going to uh, be
1: huge. 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 Huge and orange. We do the biggest podcasts. They're we are huge. It.
0: Our podcast is so big. I mean, I, I don't want to tell you about some other guys' podcasts. Not as big, though. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, um, we've got some Justice League news. Uh, we've got some uh, more stuff in the Marvel Universe with Defenders and the Netflix TV series. Uh, uh, yeah. Two things, actually, quasi-related but not quite the same. We've got a Power Rangers teaser trailer. That you know, this this is starting to sound like we're like '90s nostalgia zone. Like, uh, we need to have that. Like, that needs to be our corner of the show. Like '90s nostalgia, you know, makes a return because that's happening a lot lately.
1: Yeah.
0: Like last week, it was Teddy Ruxpin and and uh, uh, you know, I want to say Conan, but that's not at all correct. He Man, He Man, and the Thundercats. Um, yeah. This week it's Power Rangers. We've got a Rogue One trailer, the another trailer. trailer, which is so good. Spoilers, like, but it's so good. Um, and we've got a whole bunch of TV news in the CW-verse, uh, Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and we're saving Legends for a little bit later. All right, stick around.
1: Okay, let's just, grab this I, podcast by the pussy and go. Yeah, as you do. It's It's completely normal to do that, I'm told. Absolutely. Why am I on the wrong page?
0: That's a good question. Do you know how to do that? Do you want to help? I'm just
1: kidding. There we go. So before we get really deep into this podcast, uh, this happened this week. Yeah? Um, We got a message on Facebook. No way. Yeah, David from Facebook uh, listened to our podcast and was uh, reminiscing about uh, Teddy Ruxpin because the first time he ever heard the doggy style record by snoop Dogg was through a teddy ruxpin that is amazing so uh thanks for listening david and uh again we replied to the message obviously and uh we do wholeheartedly endorse the use of a teddy ruxpin uh for gangster rap
0: indeed entirely almost in fact if you have to buy a teddy ruxpin or you want to buy a teddy ruxpin probably the best use is gangster rap
1: yeah all right um so let's talk some wrestling news yeah so um the bizarre tna struggle continues as it does it seems like uh yeah that the whole thing is a struggle at this point i think uh this earlier this week um smashing pumpkins frontman uh billy corgan filed suit against uh majority owner dixie carter um oh, that's interesting was also granted a restraining order though it doesn't specify what the restraining order or who the restraining order was against but uh the plot thickens yeah i guess the uh they haven't been seen together on tv in a while so now we know why <laughs> no kidding so. um yeah i can imagine that this sort of uh, infighting and drama is only going to make this go over smoother yeah and just in the last day or two there's rumors coming out that some of the video library has already been sold to somebody else not the wwe at this well, point and that's also interesting these are completely rumor though like we have no basis for fact on these at all um at this point but it, this is just stuff that's coming out uh lawsuit though totally real like that that actually is happening so um yeah. that's always fun um and then we also have confirmation now that uh Goldberg and Brock Lesnar will face off at uh, Survivor Series. In fact, Goldberg will be on Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. So by the time to say, this drops- I, saw, I saw a tweet and he it was going to be on Raw, or yeah. he at least
0: very, very strongly hinted that he was going to be on Raw. And so I, I thought that was last week, but um, so that's rad. Uh, yeah. I, that and I'm sure uh, that that Raw appearance is going to set up something for for uh, Lesnar. Uh, a Lesnar feud, basically.
1: Yeah. And anybody that might have used to watch wrestling but don't anymore um, but think it would be cool to see Goldberg again, uh, dude, WW Network. It's 10 bucks. If you've never signed up before, you're going to get the first month free anyway. So honestly it it seems like a steal because there it's there's more pay-per-views than ever
0: and like i remember back in the day like the only way you could get the pay-per-view was to actually pay the pay-per-view price which was ridiculous 20 people
1: come over and help
0: pay it right right now you don't have to deal with with other people it's it's good like if you're one of us introverts you know that that's the way to go
1: yeah absolutely um so i that's about it Um, we didn't have a lot of wrestling stuff to talk about just um the 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 big news, obviously, is is we've confirmed now that it's Goldberg and, and Lesnar at yep. Survivor Series. Which, honestly, is going to be good. Because Survivor Series, it's one of the big four of the original pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is the least exciting of all of them when it comes down to it. Because, I mean, you've got WrestleMania, obviously. That is the biggest one of the year. Uh, you've got the Royal Rumble, which is always fun, regardless.
0: Oh, I love Royal Rumble, yeah.
1: Um, And then SummerSlam, which they've actually turned into a huge deal again over the last couple of years. Um, But Survivor Series has been kind of lacking for the last few years just in terms of excitement around it. If you want some revitalization, uh,
0: bringing Goldberg back is one way to do it, and then having him go up against Lesnar is another big ticket item. I don't see how you don't close the show with that match. No, it'd be really weird. Um,
1: Hopefully there's no presidential debate that night, but even still I don't see how they wouldn't do that. Now, well, I think Survivor Series will be post-election, so I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Um, oh, one more piece of news. I, I almost forgot about this. Uh, the next pay-per-view from the Raw brand, Hell in a Cell, which is actually not next week as we thought it was. It's actually going to be on the 30th. Okay. So, um, But there is rumors that the closing match of the night will be Charlotte versus Sasha Banks in a Hell in a Cell match wow which is huge
0: that is massive Ma- especially massive massive for the women's side of the brand like
1: um never had a uh, women's title match uh headline a pay-per-view not ever so yeah that that's seriously a big deal like if you're a woman contender or if you're you know ever
0: thinking about becoming a woman wrestling wrestler like i'd, I'd say that's probably the biggest uh you know out and out action the wwe to can take to legitimize it as a, a like a real thing which we talked about a little bit more i mean obviously they, they're making some big moves to make uh the women's side uh, um you know competitive and actually you know turning it into like the, the way that they treat the men's side rather than just you know arm candy um but damn that that's pretty big for the brand i think
1: yeah um the struggle they're gonna have is it's one of three hell in a cell matches <clears throat> yeah that night and you have to be really careful when you have three of the same type match on the same card because you can't just go out and do the same thing that the last yeah. one did. You got to keep it interesting. That's rough. With the women, that's not going to happen, obviously, because it's going to be a different different kind of match. Um, but uh, this is this is a big deal. This is a first, like I said, for um, a women's title match, headline and pay-per-view. This is also going to be the first women's Hell in a Cell match, too. That's so bad, too. Um it's going to be fun. i I, I got to catch up on Monday Night Raw. I'm a little bit behind on it. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's the wrestling news this week. Yeah. Uh, moving into the DC Universe, uh,
0: we've got a couple of pieces of Justice League news. Number one, shooting has wrapped for the Justice League movie. Yeah. Uh, we get this uh, via a couple of different sources, but the one that we posted is one um, from actually Momoa's Instagram. Um, and, and it's pretty fun. Uh, So we get. Uh, Principal
1: photography actually wrapped uh, earlier, yeah, in the month. Um, If not, yeah, I think it was this month. Um, In London, they had a big wrap party and whatnot. But um, Affleck and Momoa and Snyder and company actually went to Iceland, I believe, Mm -hmm. and uh, did some last minute shoots there to kind of really officially wrap it up. So we get uh, we get Affleck and Momoa drinking out of a Guinness glass to to commemorate actually ending shooting for justice league so
0: i gotta say everything about affleck and momoa being on the screen together as two two members of the justice league is just uh, super exciting that's a bromance that i would pay good money to see yep so yep uh, we've also got a pick of Amber Heard as Mira, as in Aquaman's wife, Mira. Um, presumably she's going to be Aquaman's wife in this movie, although there are storylines with Aquaman where she's not usually the love interest. But not yeah, always. they're not
1: currently married right now in the in the rebirth continuity. They yeah. are, however, engaged. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, she she's sort of the lowest to his uh, uh Clark, if you will. Um. In most continuities, so. Um, and I only say that as a hedge. Like I'm pretty sure that's true. I just can't think of it. I'm sure there's a continuity out there, like the new Fifty Two, where you know it was Clark and Diana, and not you know Clark
1: and Miles. yeah. What What's interesting too about her is she's actually from a um offshoot, I mm-hmm. think of of Atlanteans from a place called Zebel. Mm-hmm. And the Atlanteans from Atlantis proper do not trust the Zebel people, and so it's it's kind of a big deal that uh their king is uh is going to marry someone of zebelian yeah heritage. it actually sets up a lot of different
0: political sort of um you know drama storylines with uh, uh atlantis in general because already arthur curry is is a an outsider he's half um, human so half that's... human yeah spends a lot of time on land sort of thing um in the current storyline you know he's trying to reestablish um um dipl- diplomatic ties essentially with the the human world Uh, And, you know, that's going over just as well as you'd expect it to um, in a comic book. So, uh, anyway, we were talking about this uh, picture before the show launched. And, man, it looks good. Like, uh, first off, Amber Heard's a pretty lady. But... uh, the costume is really good too like the costuming so far is looking pretty solid for this um she looks like mira you know right out of the pages even down to the headgear like i'm i'm happy and impressed that they kept the headgear because i could see them throwing that out um you know in much the same way we don't get the classic thor helmet um for most of or any of the thor movies i think except for maybe one brief sequence um yeah. I'd be hard pressed to remember a specific. It's like the throne room one, but whatever. But um, they they keep they kept it, and which is cool because there's no reason for them to throw it out. Like, and even with Thor, I, I guess other than it looks dorky, um, they they don't have to throw Thor's helmet out. But uh, this one does not. This one looks badass and it looks right out of the comic book. So, um, you know, the same complaint as always, though. It it's it's a little it's a little underexposed, if you ask me. Like they they should just. They don't have to go full on, you know, primary colors like comic books. Um, but I do think if they brighten it up just a little bit, it makes a big difference. Even like seeing Wonder Woman in, in the Wonder Woman movie trailer compared to her in the uh, Batman versus Superman movie. Like the difference in color makes a huge difference in how that ha- suit looks. So I think if they brought this one up a little bit, too, it, 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 it'd pop. You know, it had a little panache,
1: so yeah. to speak. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm excited. Um, Justice League. I mean, there's a lot of things that went wrong with uh, Batman versus Superman, and I'm not saying that Justice League is going to be immune to those same failings, um, but I still am chomping at the bit to see Affleck as Batman again. Um absolutely want to see Momoa as Aquaman. Dude, uh,
0: I'm so excited for that. Like, we uh, another thing I was saying before the movie or before the show. Um, this is, I think, finally going to put to bed all of those uh, complaints that Aquaman's useless rumors. Yeah. Uh, um, because there's just no way you put Momoa on screen and have him be portrayed as weak. You know, like uh, as a as a hanger on, so to speak, of the rest of the Justice League. Like, he's he's a straight badass. I mean, even if all he could do was talk to fish, um, it would still be badass because it's Momoa doing it. So yeah, it's, it's fucking Ronan, dude. Yeah, Ronan Dex. I yeah. mean, th- there's no way it, it it's got to be good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I I'm actually now a lot more optimistic. I think about this series of movies because I think they're finally moving the right people in in charge to to you know take the uh properties in a in a good direction. Yeah. You know, just having um. Uh, Oh God! Why can't I think of his name? Jeff Johns. Just having yeah. Jeff Johns as head of create, DC Creative, or I think he's actually like president now, president he's, of the he's DC the- Cinematic or something uh yeah <laughs> he, the,
1: he he runs like everything i think yeah at this point. short
0: of it is he's a big fucking deal and yeah. like there's nothing about any of these movies that's not crossing his desk and getting signed off on and he's sort of a proven known quantity in the dc universe and i mean he's got haters too like there are definitely people who don't yeah, like sure. Loeb's work uh not Loeb uh john's work but we both do so uh
1: and, I'm, I'm excited and for i don't it. think you can argue the um Success of the things that he's done, especially with properties like the Green Lantern, yeah, with properties like even Aquaman at the beginning of the New Fifty Two, um, Rebirth, DC Rebirth, number one, uh, one of the best selling comic books, yeah, in the last fifteen years, and it's fucking amazing. So
0: it was super good.
1: Um, hater's gonna hate, but Jeff Johns is gonna write stuff that people want to read. So yep, I mean. Certainly going to have complaints, but he sells books, and I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to put asses in seats. So, and can we ask more than that of somebody in the comic book industry at this point? Like, comic books are a medium that could very easily die, yeah, because of the advent of digital and everything else. Um, and what we want to have happen is for somebody to come in and write stories that people do want to buy. I mean, I I I went to the comic shop today, yeah, um, and dropped a few bucks on. <laughs> well, we'll put a picture. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put a picture in the show notes so you can you can see what I bought today. Matt hasn't picked up his books in a little while, let's just it's say. It's actually only been, like, three months. Yeah. <laughs> there was <laughs> a lot of books, though. Three,
0: three months in the Rebirth timeline. It was, what, like, uh, I don't know, 70, that's 300 issues or something? Yeah, it's weird.
1: Yeah. Um, the two specifically that I picked up today were The Flash and The Hal Jordan and The Green Lantern Corps, and uh, they're both bi-weekly books, so I had... Like, Lots. Yeah, I yeah. had eight issues of The Flash and seven issues of Hal Jordan, and... I uh, wasn't disappointed. I also um, finally got my copy of Titans Rebirth. Nice. Um, it is a second printing, but I'm not going to complain because it, I enjoyed that book a lot and I just, I like having it. Yeah, for sure. Um, my wife was happy because she was missing two issues of her New 52 Batman run uh-huh. and they were able to track those down. And uh, issue 50 was one of those issues and it is uh, the um, polybagged version of issue 50, which contains one of three Um, Chris Daughtry variant covers they're all the same Um, essential drawing but one is full color one is a spotlight cover where um, only Batman is in color and everything else is just inked nice the other is a fade which is where there's color toward the bottom and then it moves into just inked and then it moves into just pencils toward the top Um, she likes to watch me squirm though so she is not open to polybag so we don't know which of those we actually have at this point. Oh, <laughs> that's that's evil. That she's, is that is wonderfully evil. She's happy knowing that it's one of the Daughtry covers because, um, <laughs> coming out time. I'm actually kind of a big Daughtry mark. Like I didn't like American Idol, but I watched it when he was on because I thought he was really fucking good. And even though his first record was super overproduced because it was that's what i was just gonna say like I,
0: I haven't listened to anything since the first record my wife really liked it so she bought it yeah. but to me it sounded incredibly like overproduced mainstream like it, not not quite nickelback levels of bad but like it, the same sort of generic uh and what which is disappointing because if you go back to Daughtry's uh like absent element which came out uh before american
1: idol fame that was Dotri's band and it's actually really good like he's he's super talented yeah and right. The The thing that I like about it and the reason why I'm such a big mark for him is that um, it's not so much because I expect the the production that he got from that record because he was basically a creation of media at that point in time, oh, yeah, even yeah. though he had talent going into it and whatnot. But when you sign for American Idol and they're like, hey, we're going to give you this record contract, even though you didn't win, you don't get a lot of creative control in that situation. No. You basically kind of go in and you, you do your songs and whatnot. Um but he's a super if you huge get lucky that ends up being a stepping stone into actually becoming your own artist. Yeah. He he is a super huge comic book fan and what he wanted to be when he was growing up was a comic book artist. Like he did not actually have aspirations to be a singer in any way shape or form until much later Weird. um in in school. So uh yeah, I think it's really cool. Um I don't know if she'll ever open it.
0: <laughs> but who knows. But yeah.
1: she now has all, all of the the entire run of the Batman New Fifty Two series, including annuals and uh, some of the one offs. Cool, that they did. So, anyway, segue. But there we are. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk Smallville. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so Smallville is
0: on its 15 year anniversary. Deb- debuted 15 years ago today, a show uh, near and dear to our hearts, or at least most of it. Um, and I've watched it all. Yeah. Uh, we're posting a Reddit thread which uh, talks about. Um, well, I more meant most of it because some of it's absolute garbage. But um, <laughs> we're we're posting a Reddit thread in here because there's a lot of good comments and a lot of good smallville talk. So if if you two like are uh, like us, uh, really enjoyed the show or or want to reminisce a little about the show, it's there. And if nothing else, you can think. I, I think one commenter said something along the lines of. Um, we can kind of thank Smallville for the whole uh, DC universe that we're getting in the CW right now. So Supergirl, uh, Arrow, The Flash, and, of course, Legends of Tomorrow. And they're really not wrong. I mean, it doesn't come directly from that, but the success of Smallville is really what propelled and made those things uh, possibilities. Um, We definitely got a different Green Arrow than probably was originally planned, because I think originally the Hartley uh, Green Arrow was going to get a spinoff. And then they shit can that in favor of... um Uh, the Stephen Amell version yeah the Stephen Amell version because you know quite frankly I think that the the Hartley version probably wouldn't have fared as well because it's just you know a different time and that was especially when DC was like everything has to be dark and gritty everything I really
1: Um, enjoyed the Hartley Green Arrow character yeah uh, from Smallville uh you know and here's the thing even though the first couple seasons are pretty episodic monster of the week kind of thing they're less cringy to me than season eight's portrayal of Doomsday (laughs) yeah um but uh then what happened was really weird um so that that season eight was kind of complete shit in my book there was a couple standout episodes uh that happened in it but for the most part i hated hated the doomsday character Mm -hmm. and just couldn't stand it um i don't think doomsday is a character you can do on tv so i don't think they should have tried
0: that's one of the things that's sort of interesting to Smallville about me, or if, if I were going to complain about anything, it's that, like, basically, um, they did all of the things that they should have done with Superman. They just never wanted to put on the tights. Um, so like you've got all of the big villains, you got, you know, uh, um, some Lois and Clark stuff in there, not much obviously. Um, but that definitely towards the end of the show became a thing. Um, he was even reporting for the daily planet, like in all, but name essentially all, but costume really, he was acting as Superman by that point. Um, I guess just because he couldn't fly that, you know, so that that's, I think one of my complaints about the series as a whole, like, um, they, they made themselves an arbitrary rule, which was the no flights, no tights. Right. And then the, they went way past the limit of when that made sense. And, and
1: they maybe should have dropped it. If you were talking a seven season run of a show, which is a good, healthy run. Yeah. I can see that. But the show went 10 seasons. So, yeah. Um, but it did kind of, I like the payoff at the end of the, of the series. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's pretty huge when you
0: put 10 years into a show.
1: Yeah. My notice, what I noticed, though, the most about the show is following season eight the show took a different direction we got um zod Mm -hmm. as a regular character as portrayed by Callum blue which was awesome i liked his portrayal of zod i don't know if you've seen these seasons yet but i haven't but i do know Callum Um, blue and he's awesome yeah one of the big things that happened in season nine is that tom welling got um an executive producer role Mm -hmm. uh so that changed uh the direction of the show a little bit um some other people got well no and then season 10 he became the sole executive producer mhm um and then a couple people that you wouldn't normally have seen get directing credits got directing hartley directed one of the episodes in season 10 and it was actually a really good episode <laughs> um so i i really enjoyed that he started uh welling started directing episodes i think in season 9 as well um mm-hmm. And those were solid episodes. Like I think the dude's super talented. I just he kind of fell off after Smallville, but I think that was by choice more than anything.
0: Yeah, I kind of see that too. Like, well, you know, it's probably a little bit of both because it's kind of hard to go from a character where you've had a ten year run like that and successfully transition right away. Right. What you've seen a lot of characters. There's a lot of actors that have done it. Um, and I and I don't think we can exclude Tom from that at all. I mean. But by, you know, maybe not by Hollywood standards, but he's still a pretty young guy. Like, I think he's not not even 40 yet. Um, He's he's actually he is 40. Oh, yes. He just he must have like just turned 40 then. But we're only five years out, I think, or something like that from Smallville. So, um, you know, if he wants to make a comeback or do something different, I'm sure he could. Well,
1: I think he was smart with his money, too. He got married and is probably enjoying not doing something that he did. for. I mean, as much as he he had success doing that for 10 years. It's just kind of one of those things, and he, plus, by the end of the run, he was getting like three paychecks for some episodes because he was getting paid to act in it, he was getting paid to direct it, mm-hmm. and he was getting the executive producer paycheck as well. So, yeah, and you know, I I wouldn't
0: say I blame him if he did decide, you know, like I've I've got enough money, I don't really have to work anymore because you know, like even if you do like your job, when it comes down to it work is work like yeah um it, you can have a fun job
1: but you know some days you just don't want to if you when you have a job that's not really an option if you've given yourself the opportunity that you only have to do stuff that you think would be fun and creative to do yeah then fucking great like good more for power yeah. yeah more power to you so yep uh
0: finishing up in the dc universe sort of quasi dc this, this the, one actually is kind of a good segue into yeah. marvel because uh we've got a john bernthal uh john bernthal talking smack about the batman um <laughs> John essentially saying that, uh, uh, John's Punisher could beat the Batman. And, uh, no. We both disagree wholeheartedly. Yeah, we, entirely. It's not even a, like, I don't, no, no argument. Like, uh, you know, first off, one one thing is Batman with prep time is basically shown to have been uh, bested the entirety of the DC universe at this point. So, you know, there's no nothing that puts Punisher on a level of, say, like The Flash or uh, Superman even. Um, not even, but Superman. Yeah. Uh, and, and Batman has beat both of those characters at one point
1: or another. Um, and sometimes on multiple occasions. So, yeah, if Punisher can't beat the Hulk, then he can't beat Batman because I'm pretty sure Batman can beat the Hulk. I think it's definitely
0: plausible, you know? So. Um, so, but the second thing is, like, you can pretty much add the with prep time argument against Batman for anything and come up with some plot reason why he wins, but I think just in a straight-up hand-to-hand fist fight, even if Punisher gets guns, he's
1: outclassed. In In the two-minute conversation that we had about this before we actually started recording, we came up with three different scenarios where Batman wins.
0: Yeah. So... <laughs> but but I mean, and, and those were even like some of them, like were a little bit of a reach. Like one of the scenarios we gave was like, I mean, maybe if the Punisher is sitting like two miles away and uh, is shooting Batman with a sniper rifle or something like that. And then you were like, yeah, but when he gets down there, he's going to find out that that Batman wasn't actually Batman. It was Clayface. And then Batman's standing right behind him, you know, uh, so that that's a little like um, that's the second reason why you're not likely going to fare well if you go up against the Batman because the Batman has plot force like his superpower essentially is is that uh writers love the shit out of him and he will win uh, yeah. based on who's writing it which is you know pretty much everybody that writes batman eventually wants to see batman win so uh but i think just in a straight up like the punisher's got his guns batman's got batterings and you know his utility belt uh batman still wins like no question yeah he's just ba- Batman has um, you know well the Punisher's badass and he's probably at peak military condition like whatever our, our military can churn out the Punisher's probably in the top 1% of that I, w- I would say um, he's still not the goddamn Batman no. I mean like Batman's been trained by Ra's al Ghul like the League of Assassins like pretty much every you know almost
1: mythical levels of badassery like here's here's the thing John uh, if you're listening and, and you're probably not but you know just in case um if frank castle even your frank castle goes up against batman it's gonna seem a lot like it did uh when shane went up against carl and the walking dead yeah uh-huh. so i mean sorry bro but i mean and, and we love you but
0: we don't yeah don't get me wrong <laughs> uh, uh john's punisher is amazing and i'm super looking forward yeah. to that series but come on man
1: yeah like you can hype your character, don't get me wrong, but let's be real. Yeah, let's don't, be real, John. I mean, I would have believed it if you were like, yeah, he could beat Superman. Maybe, but <laughs> you just don't take on the Batman. And even, like, John fought uh, uh, John Brenthal
0: versus Daredevil, uh, he didn't fare so great. Like... Uh, he yeah. he did come out on top on a couple of occasions, but when 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 the chips were down, I think Daredevil got the best of him. Yeah, and he, Batman
1: can see motherfucker. So yeah,
0: and and <laughs> as cool as Daredevil is, he's no Batman. Like I'm just saying, like there there are a few characters that if you if you put them against Batman, I will not bet on Batman. And even then, if you put, like, even putting Superman against Batman, which is the argument that always happens. And I think, you know, realistically, if Superman decided that he had no morals, he could just throw a rocket Batman from space and kill him before Batman ever knows what's happening.
1: Yeah. Even still, kind of depends on the writer. So if Batman was absolutely, or Superman was absolutely, like, morally bankrupt, I think there's a lot of things that could happen before the I mean, killing, too. Um, just think of all the things Superman could do to torture Batman it's it's using no t- his heat vision to heat up his spoon when alfred's trying to serve him fishy swa again <laughs> uh you know superman
0: just recently in a storyline we just read uh uh actually fucking moved shit around in the earth's core um yeah like just just that alone superman is is Basically, God-like, you know what he could do? He could knock the Earth off of its axis and, you know, cause Batman's cave to flood uh, or some shit like that through global warming. He could warming. basically like,
1: destroy the entire planet and just be like, Batman was in there. Yeah. I beat him.
0: <laughs> I won, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- that is, of course, a completely morally bankrupt Superman,
1: which, you know, that- that's the main reason why I-, I give it to Batman a lot of the times, because Batman will definitely go further than Clark. I have to believe that amoral Superman has some fun with the whole thing, though. Oh, yeah. I mean... You know what? So this is how I beat the Batman. And he's going to be telling this off world, like on Oa or
0: something like that, because what he'll do is he'll pick up the entire planet or, you know, formerly planet of Pluto and just throw it right at the Earth. Like the end. He'll go home, have a cup of tea, you know, or not go home, but, you know, go fly around on the remnants of a Krypton asteroid or something like that
1: and have a cup of tea and, you know, watch the fireworks. Yeah. I don't think he'd go all the way back to Krypton's solar system, though, because, you know, yeah. red, red, red sun. sun. Yeah. yeah. It was a reach. Yeah, I already
0: started with home, and then I just had to connect the dots. It didn't yeah. make any sense.
1: I know it's all right. We forgive you.
0: Let's go it's get good. another beer. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're back. We've got uh, some Marvel news now. Uh, leaving behind John Berenthal's Berthal- mistaken opinion about the Punisher versus Batman. Sorry. Uh, Real quick.
1: Yeah. I just want to point out to our listeners at home. Yeah. Um, I'm currently drinking Citrus Mistress by Hot Valley. Yeah. In a 16 ounce Tall Boy can.
0: We we covered this on the show before, and and the theory here is that uh, Hot Valley was recently bought by Miller Coors, and and maybe we can thank them for the 16 ounce the the, the
1: Tall Boy. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, wouldn't but, that be weird if if that that we actually got something good out of this instead?
1: And I know you guys are all well, they got bought by Coors, and you shouldn't drink it. But... I mean, we kind of were. Uh, well, here's the thing. They're still not fucking InBev. Yeah, it's true. And that's kind of my, my that's kind of my big thing. Like once we've defeated the monster that is InBev, then I'll set my sights on Coors or whatever. In, until but. then,
0: the enemy of my enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um You Plus know, I really like this beer. I, don't I, I get me wrong. There's a lot of beer that I really like that got bought <laughs> by InBev too that I just don't drink. But Elysian, dude, I, I really like Elysian. I know, and it's fall right now, and they have like pumpkin everything. Their, their fall their fall
0: packs are good, but the Bifrost the Bifrost is my jam.
1: Bifrost is super
0: good. Yeah. Um you know i don't know i I had one of those before before too and and i did not noticeably i you know there's nothing noticeably worse about it so it's not all of a sudden like they've gone to complete shit and maybe they'll save that until it's a year or two in or maybe they're already making it out of baby souls or something like that and that's what's maintaining the flavor now obviously obviously um but
1: either way it seems to have worked out so far yeah all right so let's talk marvel yeah we can we can do that now i'm done ranting about beer
0: yeah um kevin Phage. Feige? Feige, Feige, fuck, every time. Kevin Feige, um, I mean, he should really do us a favor and just change his name so it sounds
1: the way it's spelled. Yeah. Um, Kevin Feige teases the Defenders in Infinity War. Yeah, so this article actually goes into detail about, um, not super detail again, but more vagueness. <laughs> more confirmation, though, about um, the reason why um, Infinity War is no longer Parts 1 and 2. It is Infinity War and then the as-yet-untitled Avengers 4, because they are completely separate stories, though still connected as the rest of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is. Um, But he also um, made a really vague comment when asked about any of the Netflix uh, properties possibly crossing over into it. Um, And, yeah, just read the article, because it's kind of... It, it's like, again, it's super vague, but it does give us hope that we could see this at some point.
0: It just usually when there's no hope, they shut that shit down. Like, yeah, like there's no reason for you to be hoping for the next uh, six months to a year while we've continued to produce the movie and whatever. And then have you be all butthurt because you find out, you know, a week before the movie's going to come out that your, your favorite stars aren't in it. So that they're not shutting that down right now
1: leaves me uh, pretty high spirited about the possibility. Our understanding, I think, of the whole situation in the first place was that uh, it was Feige fighting, bringing the TV properties in anyway. So if even Feige is not shutting it down right away, yeah, you know the Russo brothers are down for it. You know Jeff Loeb's down for it. You know one of the things so, they got to be
0: thinking about it too is Infinity War has to be just nothing short of epic, like. at this point with Civil War like they've they've done Civil War on the screen now which is another you know just gigantic story and and, you know one of the complaints being it didn't feature enough characters Um, there's with that was a complaint really Oh, it was. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of shit shit calling about, uh, like, say, the airport scene, which was amazing. But there is that first opening where the heroes kind of all come at each other in like one big hero shot. Uh, And they that one of the things that I see posted all the time is uh, uh, Civil War, the movie compared to what the comic book looked like.
1: And in the comic book, I mean, it looks comparatively it looks. Uh, positively sparse um, oh, okay I get that but I mean and yes we're dealing with Disney who has a pretty massive budget but still your goal is to make a movie that makes a profit and short of just throwing see, wads of cash at the screen to do something that
0: I'm not even massively concerned with their profit motive because I think when it comes down to it, civil war has made them enough money that if they wanted to get fucking daredevil in that movie, they could have done it. Like, and yeah. they wouldn't have even taken a hit from it. Like comparative to somebody like Robert Downey jr. Putting a uh, fucking, uh, Charlie Cox in it is a dime. You I don't, know? drop in the bucket. I don't disagree at all, but, but I, I think, think one
1: that, of the one of the things that we both agreed on about that particular movie was that all the characters that were in it, and there was quite a few of them, every single character made sense. You see, that's where you beat me to the punch, and I was just gonna say the
0: reason I think that they don't go with these massively huge casts is because the movies get, just get crowded. Like, you've only got, you know, even, even with something like BVS, which most people's complaint was ran too long, um, you've only got, like, a good two and a half hours to tell a movie, or to tell a story these days, and if you're gonna put, like, literally Really, thirty different characters in it. That's really fucking
1: rough I, I think the tease that they did for the uh the Justice League in, in in BVS was even too much. I think that's something that they should have saved for a stinger at the end of the movie, um post credits. Oh yeah, definitely. Instead See, of actually like that, throwing it another, in the middle of the movie,
0: that's another pure story choice. Like there's yeah. th- there's not a monetary concern there. That's a pure story choice, and I totally agree. So with this one, I think if they're gonna do something like that in Infinity War, that I mean. First off, I have a lot of faith in the Russo brothers at this point, and they're juggling larger and larger
1: casts. Um, but, man, it's going to be hard, like well, especially if they're going to put all these characters in it. Here's the thing. Baron Zemo. I really like the way they treated his character, and you didn't really know Baron Zemo was Baron Zemo throughout the movie. And I like that. Um, with the Infinity War, we already know that Thanos... Is Thanos? Yeah, like that's the other thing. You got a big payoff coming to that. We've been building up from Thanos. You do have to write that story. Twenty twelve, but you also, um, we have Black Panther already. Like a good portion of Civil War was telling the Black Panther story to some extent, and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have wanted I, if I could have gotten Defenders in that movie, at the expense of Black Panther's story. I'll leave the Defenders out because I like the Black Panther. Piece of that movie quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and they've already got their own story. Like, yeah. Um, uh, it- I don't know. Like I said, it, it is just going to be extremely challenging at this point. I don't question any sort of budgetary concern because, let's face it, there's no way Infinity War is not going to make a profit. Um, even if they cast like the entirety of everybody who's played in a Marvel movie for the last 10 years, most likely the movie's still going to make a profit. Um, but the challenge is you've only got so much time to tell the story, and it's got to be fairly coherent. And here's so-
1: here's my concern, man. Like I have no doubt that Infinity War is going to be amazing. Where yeah, do you go I'm- after that? see I don't know and obviously they know where it is because they decided to change it
0: because it was going to be Infinity War parts 1 and 2 and now we've got Infinity War and Untitled so clearly they've got a game plan for that but damn that's going to be pretty hardcore Um, I I think if I were going to do it I would use Infinity War as not quite a reset but a sort of like uh we've been telling these increasingly large stories, and so let's bring it down a notch for a couple of movies, and then you know build back up. And then Marvel kind of does that anyway. Like it, even in the comic books, you kind of have these uh, hills and valleys as far as like yeah. gigantic world-ending galaxy-wide threats, and uh, you know more local you know Spider-Man level stories. Um, so. Yeah, that's not, probably what I do, but I'm I'm usually wrong, so we'll see.
1: <laughs> One of the things I w- I was pleasantly surprised about though though was like everybody at the beginning, at the onset of the whole thing, as soon as people realized that Marvel was doing these movies in phases, and that presumably that each phase would end kind of with a big Avengers type movie. Yeah. Although Phase Two technically ended with Ant Man, which is weird, odd, but, but yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll forgive them. Um. People were like, "Man, if they if they get to a point where they can do Civil War." as an avengers movie that would be badass and not only did we get to that point but they didn't even make it an avengers movie that was like here we'll just here you go captain america you have the story for your movie because we got something bigger planned for the next avengers movie and i'm like yeah Uh, um man we're just getting to a really gigantically epic
0: epic place in in the marvel universe right now so um Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be fucking hard to go back. I I mean, I guess they could go with something like Galactus or... I don't know.
1: I I fear, like Alexander the Great, that things are going to come to a screeching halt at some point. Like, these movies are just going to fall off the rails and people are going to get tired of them or or whatever. I mean, I'm not tired of of the movies themselves. I, I think they've been quality movies and everything, but how long does the world at large entertain... The, the costume superhero superhero movie
0: yeah i'm i'm wondering about that too but so far it seems like we're still going strong like it seems to me now uh people have a lot less tolerable toler um tolerability for bullshit like um the movies that are coming out these days i think have to be stronger because that's how you grab attention these days if you're not doing a really well done superhero movie at this point you get shit canned really fast. Like a green lantern. If green green lantern had come out, like maybe, you know, say five or six years before it did, it might've fared a lot better than it actually did. But by that point, we've already got such good examples of how to do a superhero movie very well that people aren't satiated simply by, you know, capes and tights. Yeah. So, um, it- yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, they just got to keep figuring out how to tell stories well. And, and I, I don't think it necessarily has to correlate to scale, um, you know, like, a, you know, galaxy-wide Thanos, you know, sort of events. But uh, I, as long as they can keep telling the, mo- the stories well and making good movies, I think we're probably okay. You know, because even something like a Luke Cage or a Daredevil... Um, is quite different tonally uh, um and and in feel from what we're getting in the Marvel cinematic universe in 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 the best way
1: and there's yeah. a lot of opportunity to do those types of things in movies so i i definitely see a future for the netflix franchises for sure because oh yeah they're so fucking good as far as like the quality um even though the star power isn't necessarily like way out there although they landed a big win with uh, rosario dawson because she's fucking awesome in all of those but everybody else is kind of relative unknown in terms of superstardom um i mean the uh what's her name from daredevil obviously she was in um uh, true blood people knew her from that but i mean it, one tv property the other so yeah it, not exactly
0: like a huge household name or anything like that yeah um but definitely you know that's, I think, kind of true for those. Those a lot of the times, like I recognize a lot of the actors and actresses from the Netflix properties. But they're not immediately like name recognizable in a lot of cases.
1: Um and I really kind of think that's the way to go. Like Theo Rossi. I mean he was he's kind of the big get for Luke Cage, see, I think. And, and the that's...
0: thing the, the only reason I knew him is because I was a big fan or am a big fan of Sons of Anarchy,
1: which someday I'll finish, promise folks. Um <laughs> Yeah, because you won't look at shades the same once you finish Sons of Anarchy. i I promise you that.
0: Th- okay, that'll be interesting. <laughs> um So yeah, I, I just there's um yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunity to make good movies here. And as long as Marvel can keep doing that, we're, you know, I'm on board. And I think a lot of other people will agree with me on that. Yeah. It's just that our, our bar for bullshit um, superhero movies is getting higher and higher, I think. So it, the only thing that's getting more challenging here is got to figure out how to press the right buttons uh, more uniformly. And, you know, for Marvel, that's probably no problem. If I were no. DC, I'd be a little bit more
1: nervous because uh, DC is really suffering from that bar raising, if you will. Um. Like any good pitcher in baseball, they need to settle and do a good rhythm, and once they do that, they'll be good to go for eight, nine innings, but we haven't seen them do it yet, so we'll have to to get there. Um, But we did mention Netflix uh, a few times throughout this, and that's probably a good time to mention that Jeff Loeb has um, basically uh, given another cryptic answer (laughs) as far as if we'll see any of the um, Netflix crossover with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and whatnot, um, to which he replied, stay tuned
0: yeah which is a a um non like that 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 again is a you know like he could just shut that down right now if there was no you know no smoke to that fire but i think more than likely we're going to get some sort of hint or crossover towards that and that'll be really interesting to see how they do because agents is massively different i think than than all of the netflix properties so far um but, you know, that that's even true for the comic books, and they managed to work that in there par- fairly well. I think well, it's so.
1: easier to bring some of the S.H.I.E.L.D. characters over to the Netflix universe than it is to bring some of the Netflix characters into S.H.I.E.L.D. From a storytelling standpoint...
0: I think you're probably right. From
1: a practical standpoint when it comes to shooting schedules, I think it's probably easier to bring Netflix guys onto the ABC set because those shows all film at the same time and they drop 13 episodes and they're, they're good to go for a year sometimes. And so I think maybe the availability of the actors might be a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, the other, the other thing that I would
0: be kind of curious about how they're, you know, just in general, like storytelling wise, how they're going to pull it off. Um, I, I was a little reticent about that, but then we've got a character like ghostwriter coming in and, and this season so far is changing again, the tone of what shield is. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's sort of been true. Like one of the things that I think has been uh, not quite unique to Shield, but one of the things that's been um, certainly very obvious about Shield, if you've watched, you know, seasons one through you know three or four now, is that uh, they shift a little bit each season. Like season one is a completely different show, in my opinion. Up and you know, like season one. Season one was all about the Ward
1: deception. Yeah. Um, well, season- I mean,
0: not even until you got to episode like sixteen or seventeen, yeah. and then it, and then episode sixteen or seventeen is when the show really took off, in my opinion. Before that, it was barely like I was going to give it up because it was kind of just monster of the weeky sort of you yeah. know episodic episodic schlock, which didn't really have any sort of standout features. Yeah, um, it wasn't really until we hit the ward thing that I was interested again, and then of course
1: the show I think found its legs in season two. Season two and three were kind of dovetailed together because it was the uh onset of the inhuman story. Yeah. And then season three was all about, okay, there are inhumans, now what do we do with them? Now we've solved that dilemma as well, and so we we move on to something different, which is moving in slightly to the supernatural, which you kinda have to do if you're doing Ghost Rider anyway.
0: Which, you know, I think this is maybe the way they should go with SHIELD. Um like each season now they're dealing with something sort of um uh, you know, one of the different aspects of the Marvel Universe. Um, so, with season two, it was in humans. With season three, it was uh, the, the Hydra, you know, like actual mm-hmm. Hydra. Uh, now, with season four, we're getting Ghost Rider and some supernatural stuff. And I don't think that's bad for S.H.I.E.L.D. to do because I think, you know, really when it comes down to it, when you picture S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Marvel Universe, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s kind of everywhere. Um, so, I- I kind of think that having the show be that way too. Like the show kind of be a little bit everywhere, like all over the place is kind of the way that they should go or maybe the way a way that makes sense for that show.
1: If if there's a um uh a, a closer relationship between the TV and the movie franchise, what I would like to see happen following the season is for something to be set up in say Infinity War or whatever for season five of shield that then leaves a problem that can be dealt with on TV on a weekly basis, because you're not necessarily going to put that story in a movie, but people still want to know how the problem is solved.
0: See, and that's one of the things I think they're actually doing uh, not terribly with um, this, this season so far talking about the registration act,
1: right? They've, they've mentioned the accords a few times. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Oh, that's the wrong one. That that's the the property which Marvel shall not name now, isn't it? The Mutant Registration Act. Right. I, I of course meant the the Sarcovian uh, C- Accords. So, yeah. So anyway, um, Jeff Loeb teases Netflix and uh, Shield crossover
1: should be amazing if they do it. Yeah, absolutely. You ready to jump into the Wayback Machine? Let's let's do it. Um, we got we got actually two semi retro trailers coming out. Yeah. Um. Well, they're out. But uh, first and foremost, we're talking the official Power Rangers teaser has been released. Yeah. Fuck, it's really good. Yeah. God damn it. So back in our Wayback Machine,
0: we have a Power Rangers teaser trailer, and it's really cool. Yeah. Um,
1: I, okay, so let's just jump in there. power They got powers and no suits. That's weird. So I kind of I appreciated that about it, because my wife said the same thing. She's like, I don't remember being super strong like before, and I was like, well... They showed them fighting putties a lot. Yeah. Without their costumes in the in the show. Um, and that's because they obviously had to, because all the costume fight scenes were definitely direct footage from Japan, and so they had to yep Give the actors some time as well. Um this is obviously gonna be completely solidly them all the way through. Um This is not your grandkids Power Rangers. Yeah, um, Okay, so there's a lot of interesting things in there. Uh, number one is
0: they're definitely going a different direction. I can see why they didn't choose to go with the non-powered, um, you know, regular people, and then they put on the suit and they do cool things. Right. Um, because really, when it came down to it, the Power Rangers in the suits weren't any more different or
1: special than than when they weren't in the suits. Essentially, no. Because and again, this is a lot like the Tony Stark yeah not in the iron man suit like you're paying these actors to be actors and so you don't want to have them in the suits every time they're doing something cool
0: yeah and don't get me wrong i think we'll probably see a lot of suit time in the movie um and they'll you know do the same sorts of things that they do with tony stark and 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 that is you know they show a lot of interior shots of him in the suit um but, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, the, you know, I think that's probably the way to go, too, because when it comes down to it, like, the the bad guys in Power Rangers are supposed to be, like, world-level threats. Um, and when you're just fighting a couple of guys that a bunch of kids can beat up, that's kind of a weak. You know, you can't really tell that story all that well yeah. and have it be believable. Um, and, you know, secondarily, if they're going to do this as a movie proper, they kind of have to bring it up a little bit, especially for today's audience. So I think I'm okay with that. Um, yeah.
1: I don't know any of these kids either. Not a single one, no. Um, which is fine. Because if it's, it, I mean, it's being treated as a reboot to the original. Yeah. It's also kind of interesting that they're
0: deciding to go with the whole delinquent storyline. Like, th- these kids are all in, like, basically Saturday school, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the original show, they were all, like, goody two-shoes. Squeaky clean. Yeah. Like, absolutely, like, absurdly clean. Like, nobody would believe you clean. There's kids. a new kid in class. Let's go show him the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we should have fun and talk to him. No, we definitely shouldn't drink beer on the weekends. That would be bad. That we guy's should tell wearing our parents all anybody, green. Yeah. I wonder if he's
1: the Green Ranger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um, new
0: kid who gets a surprising amount of screen time
1: in green every single time we see him? No, he's definitely not the Green Ranger. He can't be the reason that we're having all this trouble yeah yeah um no i'm i'm actually really excited about this the one thing that i didn't like about it is the 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 jump scene at the ravine um and that's just because it doesn't look like it's very i, I hope they the clean effect, it up
0: the effect there was a little weak i think yeah. um and that that's really the only thing what i was thinking when i was watching it was you know that's weird like yeah i'm, I'm still trying to adjust a little bit to the idea because like the one kid didn't even like move his legs in a jumping form like he
1: just kind of launched yeah
0: so, but it's kind of weird I think still seeing, you know, like the powered um, you know, I I don't know. I I think I I kind of wish they would have reserved that for the suit a little bit, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they presumably they're going to make that make sense in the movie. Um, or at least I would hope they do. Um and then that 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 is the ultimate tease I think towards the end there, um where it shows them, you know, sort of quasi powering up in the suit and then cuts off like, you know, mid-stroke so to speak. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And this one uh they they did stuff that they never did in the show before which is they they took uh steps to make uh reader repulsa attractive cuz yeah. you you don't cast Elizabeth Banks and not have her and be not hot not have her be be hot yeah um there's some stuff in here too that we haven't seen um in the in the uh teaser yet one is that Bill Hader is going to be Alpha 5 yep um i think we talked about that on the show or if we didn't i meant to put it in the show notes and forgot yeah i don't know if we ever did talk about it um and then we have uh um <laughs> the one who knocks brian cranston as zordon yeah um so that 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 again is another sort of epic departure like again why do you cast
0: brian cranston as that role i mean i guess brian could be doing it for a paycheck but um he doesn't need to
1: i don't think no I um, think I think probably it was just one of those things that he thought was, like, maybe he's got kids that watch Power Rangers See, or that's
0: one of the other thing I was going to think, too. Like, as awesome as Brian Cranston is, as an amazing a, of an actor as he is, um, he was Hal on Malcolm in the Middle. And he did shit just because it was fun, I think. Like, yeah. he actually learned to roller skate. This is another thing I, I read recently. He actually learned to roller skate so he could do the, rollers, the roller scenes in, in whatever episode
1: that was. You know what's um, funny is I, I don't even remember him as Hal because of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Because I just remember him as fucking Walter White or Heisenberg. Yeah. And honestly, and and I'm not knocking his casting because I think he's going to fucking be a killer at it, but you know who I would have actually approached to do the Zordon role? Go on. Anthony Stewart head. Giles oh. from the Buffy series. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would have been amazing. But yeah. that's just me. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, also, it, I think the, maybe the the Brian Cranston maybe fits the new edgier Power Rangers a little bit more than maybe Anthony Head would have. Yeah, um, that was actually the
0: funniest part. Like at the end when they play the little Power Rangers, dun, 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 dun. like that that really kind of like threw me out of it a little bit because yeah. like that's that theme is really very much like that movie. Um, so I'm surprised like if they don't update that a little bit more for the actual movie property. Um, uh,
1: properly I'd be a little surprised I'm not gonna lie I'm a fan of the original series like yeah. I, I, it was so fun for me when I went through and I was like with my uh, older daughters I was like hey guess what this is Power Rangers <laughs> yeah so um, and uh, yeah, I still watch the too. movie from time to time the original Power Rangers movie because I went and saw that in the theater I did too it was awesome yeah yeah so <laughs> Um yeah uh anyway,
0: this looks interesting. Like I'm yeah. surprised to say that uh I might actually enjoy this. Um because you know, I I you know, rewatching the older Power Rangers, it it's one of those things that just has not aged well at all. Like in, in much the same way I was talking about He-Man last week and it being a show that primarily sells toys and rewatchability is very very low. Most Power Rangers to me is like that.
1: Dude, um I dropped the ball too. Yeah. My comic shop. I went in there. Mm-hmm. They did not have any any copies of Human Thundercats number one. They didn't even order any. Not surprised. So uh, I I almost had them pull the remaining five issues for me, just so I had them. But then I'm like, am I actually gonna get a hold of number one at this point? Like, mm-hmm. do I? I don't. I don't want the whole set minus number one. But yeah. anyway, off the off the subject. But let's let's talk about our next stop in the Wayback machine. Yeah, go and for it. it. And this stop is. Uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far far away yeah and when we say a long time ago we mean um alderaan still exists
0: this is indeed correct yeah we are talking about the rogue one final trailer of course and uh this is kind of stretching the way back machine metaphor but yeah it's good it's good it's a back machine
1: it looks retro there's fucking chicken walkers and shit in it yeah that's a good point um uh yeah, I guess I'd just sum this up by saying oh my a- god, it A-T-S-S-T looks awesome. ATST for all you fucking purists out there. They're going to give me shit for calling it a chicken walker. Yeah. Sorry. Um so
0: there's so much awesome in this movie. Number one, we yeah. get finally a little bit of idea about what the plot might be um with the whole, you know, troubled father-daughter relationship and he works for the empire and and probably is int- um I think
1: he's indentured to the Empire, probably more than anything. Uh,
0: most likely, I think that's cor- correct. Uh, and of course, he's he's guy the guy kind of chiefly responsible for building the Death Star. And I assume that's some sort of feat of engineering because even then, it almost still doesn't
1: make sense to me. Like projects of that scale is not like really a one man is is no. integral operation. He they probably they probably kind of had the idea in mind and a whole bunch of engineers couldn't figure out how to make it work and he's the guy they brought in that that tied all the pieces together. Something like that, yeah. When we always say he, too. We're talking about Mads Mickelson, of course.
0: Yeah, which is the next point that I wanted to bring up. Mads Mickelson is awesome. Like, uh... <laughs> I'm super looking forward to this just because he—he's another actor that I that I just find amazing, and I don't know what it is about him, but he's—he's he's sort of magnetic. Um, when I, when I see him on screen, I kind of know I'm in for a treat. So, um, yeah. I, I don't think this movie is going to be any different in that regard. Um, the other thing I like is we get a little bit of a sense of scale in this movie, or at least from this trailer, we get a sense of scale with the Star Wars universe and uh, what the Empire is actually like. Um, even in um, The Force Awakens, the, there's a little bit of that. And, you know, we kind of see some scenes in the Republic, um, you know, spoilers, minutes before it's destroyed. Um, and you get a sense of like what kind of, you know, people the Empire is, not the Empire, um, but, you know, the bad guys, um, the First Order. The First Order, yeah we get a sense of what the first order is when they execute villagers and stuff, but you just don't see it on the scale. Uh, uh, like even say a battlefront game gives you like where, you know, you have these big massive battles and just the superiority and might of the empire. Yeah. So the, the easy way to tell that in the original movie was to show something like the, um, uh, death star blowing up a planet you know like that's the kind of firepower they're dealing with but the, what they don't show so well in that is just how uh um you know superior they were on the ground and in the
1: air you you bring um, up a good point because even in the prequel trilogy which some of us choose to exist or choose to, to acknowledge, acknowledge or whatever yeah. yeah um you don't see the empire because the empire is just being born at the at the conclusion of episode 3 where yeah. we pick up in episode 4 like it is been established for the last 18 years now 17 years somewhere around there yeah and uh doing cruel things to the galaxy this is this is our uh, this is going to be our first opportunity to see exactly uh what douchebags the empire is I
0: think that's entirely correct. And, and, and man, first off, if nothing else, there are some things that, like, would make excellent wallpapers in this. Uh, like, if you just took some stills out of this trailer.
1: This trailer is visually stunning. Like, that's the oh, first yeah. thing I said after we watched it is, I was like, this is so polished compared to the last footage that we've seen. And I don't mean that in a bad way, because the prequels were polished, but they were, I mean, you can polish a turd, but it's still a turd. Yeah, This actually looks like a really, really polished up... Um. Original Star Wars universe story.
0: Yeah, so like to expand on that, when when we say polished, um, uh, we don't necessarily mean the quality of the effects. Because for the, their day, um, the prequel trilogy had some impressive effects. Uh, what we mean more, I think, is saying the
1: choice of what they're using and showing on the screen, and and um, it's high definition, like in its purest form. Like that's, and I don't mean CG. I just mean that the the trailer itself is crystal clear but it still looks like you're watching something that was shot alongside the original star wars movie with the chicken Mm -hmm. walkers and the helmets of the guys on the death star and things like that like it's but it's it's beautiful it's fucking stunning like i can't say that enough yeah um
0: this movie really really looks good like the more and more i see about it the more and more i just want to see it even more um like yeah, the, like I really think this is the movie where we really get to experience the might of the empire. Like yeah. as much as they were a threat for the entirety of the original trilogy, I think this is the movie where we're finally going to feel that. Like yeah. we're going to feel the actual oppressiveness of the empire and what they're capable of. Um and that is sort of awesome. Like uh, this movie I think by necessity is going to be a little darker than than our typical Star Wars story, or at least I hope it is. Um and this trailer kind of leads me to think that, too. But, man, visually stunning. The story looks like it's something I can really get on board with. I don't know what else to say other than, you know, not like I wasn't going to go see it. But I, I really, really wish it was out now.
1: I uh, I have it on good authority that one of our faithful listeners is actually going to uh, make a trip up to watch it with us and, and sit down with us and give us his thoughts on the show. Wonderful. So just, just uh, throwing that out there for you guys that listen, um, you know. That could be you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have pretty much just let anybody come on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We don't have high standards here. No. I um, mean, if my wife thinks you're acceptable to come into the house, then, you know, that's yeah, say, That's about all it takes. Th- thankfully, our wives don't have high standards either. Um, yeah. All right. So let's talk some comics. We've, we've been away from comics for a little bit, at least on the show. Yeah. And we're not going to talk a ton, um, yeah. even though, um, well, Eddie's not. I am relatively caught up now on all of the DC stuff. I think I only have a couple of books to read for this last week's drop need to be done, but um, in particular, though, we're going to talk about a six-issue story arc that takes place um, across Batman, Nightwing, and Detective Comics. Uh, since last we talked about comics, yeah. Um,
0: so I think this story just wrapped up not too long ago. This so week,
1: we're not. Yeah, we're not. We're not
0: behind, or at least not really behind. Of course, we haven't talked about these books so far. The, but- the issue
1: of Detective that this started in is actually, um, I think, the last issue that we didn't talk about on. The- <laughs> on the show like when we were like hey we're gonna talk about comics no we're not yeah yeah
0: um so this of course is the night of the monster men storyline um and we learned pretty or early on uh that hugo strange is orchestrating these uh basically terrorists so he's he's you know got some sort of serum um that uh is turning you know um guys into monsters gigantic these were corpses even they, they were yeah. even alive when they started they, um, they killed themselves, actually, so that's one of the, the things... Okay, yeah, go back a little bit. Um, in one of the first Batman books, or one of the first couple, we see a guy basically ranting about something before he slits his own throat. Right. And you're kind of wondering, what's up with that? Well, this is sort of the culmination uh, of where that where that was going. That's, and, that's what's called a slow burn. Yep. Um, so Strange, of course, has been manipulating them into doing these things like killing themselves. He turns them into the Monster Men. And when we say Monster Men, that sounds... Um, I don't know if I like the name, but we gig- we mean gigantic, you know, si- skyscraper level size um, monsters. For you know, no better accurate description. Yeah. Like not clearly
1: anthropomorphic. Um. What what compound would make somebody grow to that proportion? You may ask. Well, we find out about midway through, or maybe even a little earlier than midway through, that one of. Uh, uh, strangest trips was to South America uh, to visit somebody that we're pretty familiar with named Bain. Um, he basically used a, a venom derivative, yep, uh, to create this the serum. Um, without talking too much detail on it, I mean we can talk detail uh, till the cows come home. But what what really brings the story home to me, and and I think probably I can speak for Eddie on this too, is um, he almost didn't read the Nightwing portions of this book because he wasn't he hasn't been that impressed with the Nightwing book itself since the rebirth storyline um what was impressive about this is that this story continued equally in each book like it wasn't like the Nightwing only focused on Nightwing like you still had the other characters in it and it was still relevant to the overall story of it um, so rather than being like a tie-in it was an actual continuation of the story that you read in Batman
0: yeah you really need to
1: actually if you want to read this storyline you
0: really probably need to buy all the books Like, yeah. I know that's painful and you know that sometimes feels a little bit like a sucker punch uh, uh, for people with limited funds but it is you know I it's it's less can... so now
1: that the Rebirth Titles are three bucks a piece now. Yeah, you and it's can, only six issues.
0: You can, I guess, read. Uh, no, nah, you really do. You really kind of need to read all the books. Like, yeah. I guess you'll get broad strokes of the story um, if you only read, you know, so like one title, like Detective or uh, Batman. Um, but even then, I think it finishes in Detective, kind of starts in Batman. So if you're only reading one of those, you're gonna miss sizable chunks of it. So, um, and and even Nightwing, Nightwing, I. Th-
1: i thought i might skip but i'm really glad i didn't so yeah um i would definitely read it so i don't know how much we'll be reading nightwing further on because the next nightwing story arc is going to be rise of the raptor and he was part of the uh story arc that that we didn't really care about anyway i i enjoyed it a little bit more than eddie i think but still like if i hadn't read it i don't think i'd be missing anything yeah so what i feel
0: basically um I think I said when I was reading this something along the lines of like they really want me to like Nightwing um, because Nightwing does really shine in this storyline. Um, but one of the other things that I, I, you know, I was just thinking after reading, having read it and digested it a little bit is that uh, I really like Nightwing, I think because he's with the Bat family. Like, I, I'm not sure Bat Nightwing can hold his own title for me. At least, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that's like, "Fuck you, Nightwing's awesome," but uh, I really like seeing Nightwing in something like a detective with uh, other characters in the in the Bat
1: Family I, I more than I like seeing him on a solo you, child. I would challenge you to read the Nightwing New Fifty Two series uh-huh. uh, by Kyle Higgins because it is good and it, yeah, I think we talked about that before. It, it's less uh, Bat Family ish and more Dick Grayson being Nightwing, and it's good. It's good story. Like I I liked it. Um I just I think Nightwing got too ambitious with trying to take on the Parliament of Owls in its initial story arc from Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's something that they could have done a build to and done a really great story with. Yeah. Um by telling smaller stories first. Yeah.
0: So Um, but anyway, Nightwing really shines in this book for me. There's a lot of things that they do that's pretty cool with that. Um, the other thing that I, that really is probably the biggest standout for me is, uh, so Batman's interactions with the Robins or with Nightwing, um, or even with, uh, what's his fucking face? Uh, the the dude in yellow Duke, Duke, um, is very paternal like one of the things that uh you know batman sends nightwing away from the action so to speak and off on sort of a detective style mission you know is sort of a you know keep him out of danger maneuver like out of direct danger like n- batman very much uh keeps the cards closest to the vest with um most of of the those characters but not batwoman no um, oh. So number 1, he throws Batman Batwoman in the action like as he's sending Nightwing away, somebody who he's worked with for years, he's keeping Batwoman by his side. So number 1, he's not as concerned for her safety and that's interesting. Number 2, um in the culmination of the story when he goes after Hugo Strange, um he lets Batwoman lead the team, like which is a huge amount of faith and trust in 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 a character because um you know, Bruce, I think, barely trusts himself to lead the team sometimes. Uh, and so much so that he does not, you know... they, the, Him and Batwoman clearly disagree on a lot of things. And leading the team is not necess- is definitely one of them. Like, that's been a thing that we had in the last uh, storyline with a detective. Um, Batwoman wants to actually involve, you know, the team. And uh, Batman doesn't. Like, he's reticent to send them out and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I really like that they're actually putting Batwoman on the same footing as Batman. Um Bruce really has to tell her what's going on. He he really has to kind of you know, like they're, they're the two characters in these books I think so far that are actually kind of on la- level playing fields. And I think really the difference between Batgirl and Batwoman is not simply the um the name, but you know, those the connotations that the name brings. Like they gotta bring a character that lives up to Batwoman. And so far they're doing pretty admirably with it.
1: Well and Batwoman unlike uh, any of the Robins or Nightwing uh, or, or Barbara, yeah, uh, they do view Bruce like he's family. Um, Catherine, even though she is technically family, yeah, uh, which is sort of a little twist of irony there, I think, didn't didn't actually uh, grow up with him as family. Um, She doesn't feed she doesn't enable him the other the rest of the team enables him to an extent because they're like well it's batman and this is what he is and this is why he does this and we know it's for our own good and whatnot yeah she doesn't care yeah like in one of the last books i think she was like
0: no that's bullshit you tell me what's going on and, and yeah. that's it i like, think you want was, me you tell me the end
1: that was the detective i think oh the one right before we didn't talk about this one the uh apparent death of tim drake um, which I mean, obviously we know he's not because we read the book and he's,
0: yeah, we the readers do, but, um, he's, he's a gone, but, does yeah, not. the rest
1: of the, the rest of the world thinks Tim Drake is dead. Um, which that's interesting. I'm, that's another reason for me. I'm going to keep reading detective because I, I mean, I love that book anyway, but Tim Drake is my favorite Robin. So I'm chomping yeah. at the bit to find out what they're doing with him. Yep. Same. kind of like the Wally thing. I was being so excited about him coming back into continuity. That yeah when they bring tim drake back and be like fuck yeah you know he's
0: i don't know who my favorite robin is but i haven't really had any particular preference or interest in tim drake but now hearing you talk about him so much like and then i, I started really paying attention to him in in detective since we've started reading rebirth and now i'm actually really interested in the character and i really want to know what's going on with that too so i'm excited if nothing else to continue because presumably in one of the next storylines we got to find out where that's going a little bit you
1: didn't uh you didn't read uh, teen titans rebirth yet either did you no, I read Titans Rebirth. I think Teen Titans Rebirth. Oh this no, I did not read Teen this Titans Rebirth. Uh, a couple weeks, maybe. Uh, this is it, it's pretty cool. Um, this is going to be a Teen Titans with Robin as the leader, and it's 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 Damian. We haven't seen Damien much since Rebirth, so this is going to be fun.
0: Oh, that's actually not crazy. Like they've done a couple. Um, I want to think uh, there was an animated movie that came out not too long ago that was uh, Teen Titans. Uh, bad blood. Um, no, bad blood's not. I think oh no that was the Dick Grayson yeah Damian. it's something like versus the Teen Titans or something okay. I want to say it's like Batman versus the Teen Titans or Justice League versus Teen Titans I think is what it is and um, it's set up with sort of that dynamic like uh, uh, Batman drops him off and and you get a little bit of uh, Nightwing uh, sort of you know telling Damien to stop being such a whiny little bitch and uh, Damien sort of has to figure out how to yeah.
1: you know be the leader the team needs so I, I won't spoil this one for you that's really cool but um, you, should, you should definitely check it out um I yep, sold. I told you I've been reading comic books lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but anyway, Night of the Monster Men, uh definitely worth the read if you've got eighteen bucks and you want to just go out and, and buy the whole deal uh um, if nothing
0: else definitely pick up the trade like uh, yeah i'm I sure they're be gonna be a trade they're gonna do a trade um and it, it was a pretty good story and i i do like there are certain aspects of it that i really like um the relationship that they set up between batman and batwoman is probably the standout for me like they're really making batwoman a first class character which is interesting because when it's batman nobody else is a first class character next to batman um it, I mean, they, they do a lot for characterization, but I like how they're actually giving her a similar, you know, like Batwoman is the only one I think that stands on the same level as Bruce, um, which yeah. is sort of interesting to me. And then this is really good, I think, as a like Nightwing story, too. Like there's a lot of good Nightwing-esque elements in here. Um, oh, one thing we didn't mention at all, Gotham Girl. Um yeah they they are they're going with that like um she's, so
1: she's still around yeah
0: yeah so like we have finally a and uh, you know i think an entirely new character i don't yeah. think gotham girl and gotham uh guy gotham and gotham girl gotham yeah gotham guy um that's
1: kind of i mean they, they, they a were, little misogynistic but you know whatever
0: <laughs> yeah they they weren't a thing until rebirth um and they're sticking around with gotham girl and so far that's been pretty good so
1: yeah um Again, we're going to preach comics just, just for a minute. Here's the thing. If you're interested in reading the comics for the stories, you can do that by going to your brick-and-mortar comic store and picking up issues. Uh, you can order stuff online. Amazon's got a huge selection of stuff. Um, yep. If you've only got room for digital, like if you can't collect the individual issues and whatnot you can buy comics on kindle like you can order comics through dc i'm sure straight to comiXology basically
0: everybody knows about comiXology but if you don't comiXology is kind of like the premier store i think for comic books yeah at least they used to be until they sold to amazon and then it kind of went a little shitty
1: marvel marvel's uh marvel unlimited is actually um kind of the the top tier oh yeah if you if you're not worried about in with the marvel store so you can buy current issues um but then if you subscribe to marvel unlimited like they've got like 20, 30 years of back issues that are all up there and it's included with your subscription price.
0: Yeah. For real. Like if you, um, are not super worried about staying right up to date with comics, um, Marvel Unlimited is probably the best bang for your buck. Like ten bucks gets you so much stuff to read. So yeah. much stuff to read. Um so like if you're ever curious about Daredevil, like it's all there. Like pretty much the entirety of the characters there. If you have heard us talk about Ultimate Spider-Man a lot, uh there you go. Go yeah. read it on the Unlimited app. You don't um, you don't
1: think we physically own every issue of comic book that we've talked about, right? I mean, like you gotta do some of it as is digital. Oh, so. God
0: damn. They, they I don't think this room is big enough. No. Um <laughs> Yeah. So uh yeah but it, that's definitely a way to go
1: again like there's books though that I will not I mean I read them digitally um but I have to own them like and that's oh yeah I mean that that is one of the fun parts of comics that I think I want to get
0: back into is the sort of collector side of the, things
1: the picture that I sent Eddie today was just a pile <laughs> it was like 17 comic books yeah just right there
0: yeah god damn anyway um so that's our comics rant for right now we're gonna talk a little bit about TV um we've got all kinds of stuff going on actually the cw is going hardcore back with the we've we've sort of got the mini justice league lineup now supergirl uh the flash arrow legends legends of tomorrow that covers your monday through thursday yeah um you know you got you got a, a nice dc superhero show to watch you know
1: four nights of the week now which is pretty good you know honestly there's two on monday if you're into gotham like that's true that's the thing is like we've got and ah, this is crazy that DC is kind of Damn. split up like this because like they're really they're competing with themselves in terms of um, Gotham and, and Supergirl I think they go head to head maybe one's on at eight one's at nine um, on different networks though so
0: see if, if they're not doing that I don't know like I'm trying to think of like I can't imagine that the audiences don't cross over si- sizably like if they went with a completely totally different show that also happened to be a dc property like i think that wouldn't be as big of a deal but i think the aus- audience crossover there is such that uh dc should be finagling as much as possible so that yeah. they don't go head to head yeah um yeah i'll have to check i'm not sure but i i, I want to say supergirls at the eight o'clock time slot i it's know hard it's hard for me to eight. remember because i'd never watch things when they actually air but um and i think gotham might be eight but possibly nine so anyway uh let's open up with supergirl first um so supergirl returns uh first episode on the cw um we've got some pretty big changes in the show already uh, <laughs> i'm one- laughing
1: i'm laughing because there are parts in the show that cracked me up because they were specifically there yeah because of the change in network um but let's let's actually kind of address the big uh the big s blue in the room. and red yeah tights in the room yeah uh we got superman on screen for the first time and not just, like, as a blur that showed up to save the day that we didn't see or... First off, it's pretty noticeable right
0: away she keeps saying, instead of, like, my cousin, my, you know, the big blue, you know, like, right. she just straight up says Clark and Superman now. Yeah. Um, and the, the other characters do. That's there a refreshing still, change. Like, they still do mention her, uh, Superman as his, or her cousin, rather. Um, But when it makes sense. No longer, just like, you can see they're obviously stepping around the fact that they cannot even use the friggin' name. Yeah
1: um this is so here's the deal i wasn't sold on tyler hakelin as superman did we go with
0: hakelin i still haven't figured out
1: to say that. i think i read it that it's pronounced that way <laughs> okay perfect uh, But i mean i don't we've know we've been
0: saying hachlin hakelin
1: okay i think got it's hakelin it. um but here's the deal aside from the fact that jimmy olsen is taller than superman which should never happen yeah i'm sorry that jimmy olsen is still hilariously miscast uh, I like his
0: character though. Like, I I hate him a lot less just, than I used to. Just call him something else. Yeah, like there's no he's just not Jimmy Olsen. Like he the, the character's fine. They should keep him around, but he just shouldn't have ever been called
1: Jimmy Olsen. This is my take on the Superman on the on the Haikland Superman though. He acted as fucking ass off. Like he was so good at being Clark or being Superman that. I almost don't hate the fact that he's kind of a tiny guy. <laughs> See, that's the thing I was gonna say. Number one is, um, he is,
0: and it, it's really hard these days because on the fucking screen you got Cavill, and Cavill is a beast of a man. Like he's been training hardcore. First off, he 6'4 six65 six, anyway. Cavill has already won the genetic lottery, um, and secondarily <laughs> he has been training his ass off for that role. So when Cavill's on screen, he is just the absolute epitome of what Superman should look like he's he's a god among men yeah um so in you know for mere mortals who have a regular job and plan on shooting a tv schedule that's already going to be hard to compete with um but that is probably my chief complaint with Hicklin he doesn't quite fill out the suit the way that I I expect now yeah I mean and again that's I I give him no I, I give him some extra points I think because uh He's really got a lot to go up against with uh, uh, how good Cavill is in the suit. But the thing that really redeems a lot of his character for me is all the things you said. He's a he's a much better Clark, in my opinion, like a much more well-rounded Clark. He's even kind of a little bit more well-rounded Superman. I mean, we're, we're just away from the, like, Superman's always got to be whining about something
1: that, that happens in, you know, uh, Man, Man of Steel and uh, BVS. This is, this is another thing that you should be aware of, too, and you don't find this out until you actually watch this particular episode, but this Superman character and this continuity is actually congruous with the Christopher Reeves Superman movies. Yeah, that was fun. Like... Because he was talking about the missile launch on California, I'm like that happened in Superman like yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: they i I don't know if they're ever gonna you know be more direct about it than that, but you can tell it's a spiritual successor if nothing else,
1: yeah, for sure um obviously, and there's there's homages to the original like uh um cat Grant's new assistant, which is miss Tess mocker, which is the name of the uh, lackey that followed Lex around in the Superman movies like that's yep that
0: that's how I knew they were definitely paying
1: homage to Superman yeah uh, uh, Reeves the Superman yeah so um it was fun like the Superman aspect of this aside like again and this is obviously yeah, we shouldn't judge based on visuals and blah 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 but it was fun I enjoyed the interaction between uh uh hakelin and, and benoist like i thought they were they played off each other really well i loved it when he knocked that lady's stuff out of her hands coming off the elevator and she's like "Well, you really got that whole clumsy routine down he's like actually that was totally real like yeah. <laughs> so, no that was just me yeah. yeah um yeah
0: i I just like this characterization better like as much as a doesn't look like superman to me if i close my eyes that's the superman that i, I think i want to see a little bit more uh, certainly I want to see a little bit more of in the DC universe like I don't yeah. think that they should they should completely shift from what they're doing the DC uh, cinematic universe that is because um, I still like that Superman as well but everything that Haeclund is doing is definitely uh, a lot of the thing that's missing about the Superman we see on the big screen so yeah, um, that was pretty
1: you know overall solid episode um, my wife this is the first time she actually sat down and watched the show with me um, since the pilot Mm-hmm. and she was like wow i like this better than anything else that i saw from the last season yeah you know it, it
0: is um there are lots of elements of this that i think are really elements of the show coming into its own and we've got a little bit of uh stuff that i think is uh congruous with the cw crossover like the, the, all of a sudden the, the, the new D- locale they yeah, yeah, the building the deo is in a completely different location She's like
1: wait this was here all along yeah
0: <laughs> and they're like yeah we got lots of locations apparently um yeah even though we never mentioned them, and that was clearly not something. Even that though was a we just operated one.
1: out of a cave before, like we are some yeah. kind of Afghani Taliban
0: warrior. <laughs> yeah, um, there was other things like Cat uh, Grant. So Cat Grant, towards the end of the episode, I think some, we're losing her. I think if we're they're not losing her, least... we're certainly bumping her down to like uh, not out of series regular and probably like uh, you know. Occasional guest star.
1: This was one thing that was speculated about when they first moved, because shooting, the difference between shooting in Los Angeles and Vancouver means we're probably going to lose somebody like Calista Flockhart, who doesn't want or have to go off location to shoot. No. Um, But she was brilliant in this episode, again.
0: I'm liking Cat Grant, I think, more and more, which is sad because uh, she was probably one of the most nail biting or like nails on a chalkboard, you know, things for me in the early parts of uh, season one. But I think
1: I actually am gonna be a little sad to see her go. Yeah. Um I, I really gained a lot of respect for her character about midway through season one, and I think we talked about it on the show quite a few times. I've mentioned it. Well
0: they gave her but, another dimension. Um yeah. I think really. The the thing is, is that when they started like the first couple of episodes, all you got was like this like uh, Devil Wars Prada caricature that was really kind of just dumb. Like
1: I didn't I just didn't like it. I um, I really enjoyed too the uh the aspect of the new aspect of her that we saw in this episode that we hadn't seen before too which was the falling all over herself because clark walked into the building <laughs> yeah that was amazing yeah.
0: because uh, especially in the, this show's continuity we've seen nothing of her but like you know nothing like absolute powerful boys hard as nails you yeah. know uh and when as soon as clark walks in she just you know starts tripping over herself so yeah. that was pretty funny Um but yeah, I think we're definitely she's she's certainly stepping down her role as a series regular. Um I I don't I don't foresee her being in every episode anymore. Yeah. That's although I don't think they're writing her off either. Like I think it's feasible they'll fly her in every now and then. I think we're losing
1: her though as a as as a constant on the show. For sure. Um one of the things too that they that they mentioned is CW will, will have to operate on a smaller budget and that was gonna have a um detrimental effect on the effects and whatnot. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go because episode one starts out li- literally with like a a, a pod crashing and uh, Supergirl and Martian Manhunter in full Martian Manhunter get up, like flying yeah. to go get it. So I think that was kind of a statement right off the bat. They're like, yeah, just because we're on a smaller budget doesn't mean we're not going to do cool shit. So i definitely think that was the case like the only thing i worried about is that they blew their whole budget on one episode right. they're like oh please please keep watching kind um, of like legends in the first couple episodes where they're just like yeah there's lasers everywhere and, yeah and and captain cold's freeze gun, and in the next few episodes they're like ah, we're gonna go stop that missile but we're not gonna use our powers to do it because yeah you know
0: i'm significantly less worried about that though because um i mean the other cw shows are doing fine uh yeah Green Arrow obviously suffers the least from budgetary constraints because um, they have much lower effects necessity. Um, but Legends Legends is probably the weakest of the shows, maybe tied with Green Arrow. I, I think it's actually surpassed Green Arrow for actual viewership now. Um, but they managed to pull off some pretty cool shit. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, The Flash obviously. The Flash is probably the golden child of the network, and it has to be. It it. I mean it's the show that's really firing on all, on all cylinders pretty
1: consistently now. Well, let's let's talk about that cuz yeah. I think we covered as much of Supergirl as Supergirls we needed to. I I don't think we need to really go into the huge I mean there's not a huge plot in this. I think this is kind of the uh penultimate like this is a new network new Supergirl kind of a thing. Like it's the con- the it's it's Continuing where the CBS show left off, but obviously that's going to change too. In over it's, the course it's of the next few of weeks,
0: it's sort of like a, at least they acknowledge it. But it's kind of like when the Fresh Prince Prince comes downstairs and they're in a completely different house. Yeah, like they did a little bit of that sort of shenanigans. And you know, like again, it's not like the mom. Did, you know, the moms completely change, which gets a fourth wall break from the Fresh Prince. But it is kind of like that too, with I think you know things like Calista Flockhart stepping out and uh, uh, Tyler Hayklin saying you know all, all but saying you know I'm going to stick around for a little while. So, um, you know, the last thing I want to say about Supergirl, the only thing that has me concerned a little bit is one of the things that I really wanted to see or was hoping to see is that this show flies on its own merit. And uh, they brought Superman in. And there's some things about that they did this this episode that made me question whether or not they're really going to try to do that. So, number one, if you keep Tyler Hakeling around and Superman a lot. Um, then it's not really about Supergirl as much as it's about Superman. Even this episode was kind of like not as much about Supergirl as it was Superman for, I think, most people. Um, and then secondarily, the other thing that has me concerned is what does is, uh, Kara decide to be at the end of the episode? A reporter, yep.
1: just like Clark. So here's the thing. I think they're going to wean us off of Hagland throughout the season. I think he's going to be there. Uh, I
0: think so, too. Sporadically.
1: I mean- uh, the other thing, too, is we talked about this last year uh, toward the end of the season where we, um, I made it a point to try and find Supergirl stories that stood on their own. And the conclusion that we found was that there really isn't any unless you're already really familiar with DC continuity. Um, everything that that Supergirl did, comic book-wise, that was off the charts was stuff that you had to be in the know to really grab a hold of. Yeah. Um. And we're seeing that again uh, this year uh, with this first episode because we're getting Metallo. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the big reveal at the end of this episode is we're getting Metallo as a villain. And Metallo is very much a Superman villain. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kara take care of Metallo or at least hold her own without Superman and that wouldn't bother me
0: either like um arrow's already done this like deathstroke is a batman villain like through and through um he he certainly moves around a little bit in the dc continuity but generally when it comes down to it he's
1: a batman villain so um you know as long as they apply it well i think it'll be fine yeah Um, i'm not super worried about supergirl and and here's the thing like no matter what we see now we don't know what it's going to be like after the big multi-show crossover that presumably is tying everything together
0: yeah, see, I'm really interested in what they're going to do with that. And that's a good segue into Flash, because Flash is doing some weird shit. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: another really solid episode, though. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm still really enjoying it, although I am kind of waiting for the, like, okay, let's get back to the right timeline now. Like, it's it's but weird. But I think they kind of said in this episode, we were talking this about it. this. This is what we get. Yeah, they, they kind of said, like, nope, th- this is it. So I stopped and I thought about that for a second. I thought, well, you know, in broad strokes, the characters are all pretty much
1: the same yeah like like iris we haven't lost anything from her although i'd i say she suffered the most just yeah. because of her uh the rift between her and her dad but they kind of they tied that up in a neat little bow at the end
0: yeah that that was a little too like oh they haven't been talking for how long now and barry's back for like 10 seconds and he's like oh i solved it we just had to have dinner together he's like hey i fucked
1: everything up and they're like oh sorry dad that explains it yeah, yeah. my bad my um bad. the cisco thing i think the cisco change is going to bother me even more um, that one's the one that bothers me the most the emo Cisco I think we're gonna see him phase back into normal Cisco much quicker than we should given the, the we already kind of did the, by the end of the episode the, so. the circumstances so yeah that one probably is gonna irritate me a little bit but not enough to take away from my enjoyment of the show what I <laughs> what I love about it um, and hate about it at the same time is I was like uh, eh, the rival whatever I don't really care. And then after the first episode, I was like, well, oh, not a problem. And then, oh, there he is. There's the rival again. And then all of a sudden, oh, never mind. Not a problem again.
0: It, I, I'm sort of starting to wonder if this is going to be the, the show's Kenny. Like yeah. if, if the, all, all you know, 22 episodes of the season, they're just going to kill the rival over and over again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but we do get our first glimpse at the big bad so far that we know of. And that's Dr. Alchemy. Yeah.
0: So I have a question for you about this because I wasn't really cons- wasn't really sure. Um, when I watched the first one, even though they were pointing, you know, they were saying Alchemy, I was kind
1: of thinking Savitar.
0: Do you think Savitar is still on the table or is Dr. Doctor- Doctor alchemy? I have no familiarity with. Is it something entirely different?
1: I think they're holding Savitar for later in the season. Um, Dr. Alchemy is definitely a character that's got roots in DC. He, in fact... Um, Jeff Johns created a version of Dr. Alchemy, which is not the original Dr. Alchemy, but I think the one that we're going to get is probably closer to the Johns version. Mm-hmm. Um, and his initial motivation was that he was a lab assistant in Keystone City for the cops and ends up murdering some people to gain prestige within his own lab to get promoted and whatnot. Okay. Um, I say that. Because we have a new lab assistant or a new lab partner that we didn't have before the new timeline, in the form of Tom Felton, aka Draco Malfoy from the Harry Potter movies.
0: Okay, so number one, Tom Felton, well done, like, fucking brilliant. Like, I loved it. I yeah. loved it. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that's your reaction too, because uh, Tom Felton was really good on screen. And and w- so one thing I liked is that chemistry
1: did, with Barry is is absolutely fucking phenomenal.
0: One of the things that I liked is they did not try to change his accent like he he just is tom felton uh number two he is a decidedly different character than draco malfoy um which you know it's easy to see a character like that being typecast like i'm not sure i'll ever see the kid that plays joffrey as anything other than joffrey um
1: i think he quit acting
0: because he did so well no he he, his plan was always to quit acting but like if he decided to return it would be really hard for me to picture him as anything other than joffrey which is funny because as much of a total cunt as joffrey is uh, apparently that kid is, like, one of the best dudes you'll ever meet. Um, but anyway. Um, You'd have a hard time not slapping him if you met him, though. Yeah, you would. You'd have to restrain yourself, and then, you know, with hopefully he'd cool you down. And screw your mom for fucking her brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also because Lena Headey's hot. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Tom Felton was phenomenal. The other thing that I like that they set up is, uh, so one of the things that Barry's got to deal with, having basically dropped back into a different timeline is, there's a new lab assistant guy, and he hates him. Uh, but you know, by the kind of the end of the episode, like Barry doesn't understand why he hates him to begin with. Um, he has a Tom Tom Felton. Uh, I can't even remember his, what his name is, but uh, he has a little speech where he, he kind of explains a little bit why he doesn't like Barry, um, which was fun. But yeah. he still agrees to work with Barry. So that that to me was interesting too. Like I kind of want him not to be the bad guy um, because he doesn't seem like well, I don't know. In much the same way that Teddy Sears was a great Jay Garrick in the beginning of uh, Season 2. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from Tom I'm, I'm like not He's so good so I don't bold. want him to be.
1: I'm not going to be so bold as to say I'm calling it now. But what I am going to be so bold as to say is if it happens, this I, is where you heard it.
0: Yeah, like... <laughs> Not going to be surprised at all. Um, First off, The Flash is sort of like we've got two seasons of this now, um, you know, where we've got a new, you know, mentor for Barry or a new, you know, foil for Barry and they end up being a big bad. So what will be interesting to me, though, is and this is still the biggest question mark in in the CW shows right now is what are they going to do
1: with the crossover? Um, Yeah, there's so much potential for them to change lots of stuff. Dude, I'm super excited about it. But here's the thing, like. I think this was a great wrap-up episode to the initial Flashpoint yeah. aftermath or Flashpoint slash aftermath kind of story, um, and it's leading us to good spots. Um, the promo spot for next week. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, with Jesse Quick? Yeah. yeah, and we get like Dr. Basically?
1: Wells back, which I'm, I like, that's what these two episodes have been missing more than anything, is, like, we haven't had Dr. Wells, and I'm not... Yeah, excited about that because I fucking love Tom Cavanaugh and he does such a great job
0: and this this is going to be interesting because we get a chance to see Tom Cavanaugh play what like a 14th character at this point <laughs> like he's going to play uh, well we had the original Wells who died we had Wells Wellsabard we had Harry so we yeah we're literally I think on our fourth iteration of what Wells could I'm possibly gonna, I'm be I'm going to
1: guess that this one is not a big departure from the Harry Wells that we know from season two
0: you know I don't think he's going to be a huge departure, but I do think we're going to see softening of certain personality traits.
1: Like, he was massively
0: Maybe. overprotective of of uh, uh, Jesse in, in the last season, and I think we're going to see some shifts from that. He was also kind of a dick um, sometimes. A little
1: bit. Uh, he did offer to basically sell Zoom very speed.
0: Yeah, and I think we're going to see a Wells that's a little bit sort of an amal- more of an amalgamation of um, Earth-1 uh, original Harry Harrison and yeah. and uh, Earth 2 Harry Wells so that yeah I'm looking really forward to their return because yeah I, I'm I'm really missing them um, one of the other things that I want to
1: see it, this season happen is um, Wally gets his speed and yeah. actually
0: his kid flash proper
1: yeah we got to see a little bit of it in the alternate universe in the Flashpoint universe but I, I don't think we're done with that I think that's there's still something that we've got going on that uh, Wally hasn't revealed to anybody yet so that'll be interesting because he was involved in the same accident that gave Jesse her powers. Um, we don't know because of the change in timeline how much of that is going to be consistent. But yeah, based on what we've seen, there's definitely the potential. Plus, it's fucking Wally West. So, yeah, they they can't sit on that one forever. Yeah. Um, One of the
0: thing that well, actually, there's two other things. Number one I want to talk about is that I'm a little disappointed, actually, if this is how they cap off Flashpoint, because it's not nearly as dramatic as the actual Flashpoint event in the comics or in the animated property, which you can go catch on
1: Netflix if you want to see what I'm talking about. But, it's going to be hard. Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to match that anyway, but uh, I don't think we're done. I think the four-part crossover is is still going to have something to do with tying things together because as we know it, Supergirl still doesn't exist in the same timeline. Yeah, same and universe. And they've got to bring that together. There's no way not to especially I, I, because we know there's a flash supergirl crossover later on in the season as well i don't
0: see well first off they could not they could not do that because we've already had that happen the flash crossover to the cw supergirl um and you know which was essentially multi-universe travel or multiverse travel which yeah. they could continue to do but i just don't see why they would do that if they were if they wanted to you know Bring it under all, all under the same roof. I don't see why we wouldn't get more crossover and, and open up the storytelling to more crossovers. Um, secondarily, yeah, I'm really, really hoping that they tie this all back to Flashpoint somehow. And maybe that's when we get more of the Flashpoint that I'm expecting to see uh, with the crossover. Like, that's what I really want them to do. Um, yeah, I don't know if you're going to get it though. I I don't you know at this point I'm kind of thinking I'm not because I really do think they're tying up the flashpoint story a little bit. Yeah. I do think it's going to still have ramifications that we haven't seen yet, but I don't think it's going to be nearly what we saw from the actual flashpoint story. Um and then the last
1: thing I was going to mention uh, uh Killer Frost. I let's hold off on that for just a minute. Okay, go back. Um I was going to mention Barry's uh development. Uh he is no longer at that point where he's like what do i need to do to be faster because i got to beat these guys um it's it's really apparent because after he does the big i don't know it's before he does a big speech with everybody it's uh when he decides he's gonna go back and try and change things again like he just is like okay i'm just gonna go run so fast i open up a fucking time portal again yeah <laughs> like that just happens and then he gets grabbed by none other than fucking Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick. Damn, that was a big payoff too. That was, I, I that, was that. that was good. That uh, was good. I I didn't see it coming. Um, I knew he was going to be in it because I saw him in the in the opening titles. Yeah, but I didn't realize in what capacity, and that was fucking amazing. Yeah,
0: um, the way they brought Jay Garrick back was pretty amazing. I thought. Yeah. Um, and I hope they do more of that. Like, I, I want to see more Jay Garrick. Um, what I don't know. Can Jay Garrick hop worlds? Like, how does that work? Because
1: Uh, he's not an Earth-1 native. Um, He's not, but, I mean, he was able to snag Barry out of the time stream pretty readily. Yeah. So... So that's interesting. Um, But, yeah, I, I am interested in this
0: you know that's a good point actually um we are seeing barry at not quite max level but we are seeing
1: a high level he's, Barry he's allen. definitely not the barry allen from season one and no. he's definitely not the barry allen that's desperately trying to do whatever he can to match zoom like he is very comfortable in his own skin which i think is probably the point they're trying to make with just because you can doesn't mean that you should yeah it's the Jurassic Park theorem. Yeah. Only applied to the Flash. Indeed. Um, we really got to copyright that Jurassic Park theorem. That's going to come back to us. I mean, I don't think come. we can
0: actually copyright anything with Jurassic Park in it, but. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure probably somebody said that before us, but whatever. Yeah. I think it's, it, it, it happened organically on the show, so it doesn't count. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right. So the last uh, part of the show leads us to a little bit of a teaser. Uh, Caitlin Fra, uh, Caitlin Snow, rather. Sorry, gave it away. Um, yeah
1: is feeling a little frosty at the this, end. This this actually falls in the heels of Barry like 'cause he makes some kind of offhanded comment about her being an optometrist and she's like, wait a minute, what? And he's like, no no, don't worry. Like You're, you're pretty much, much the same. You're yeah. you're exactly the same and then all of a sudden she's not the same. Yeah. So, I don't think she's evil. and I hope they don't go that direction. I don't want to see her become an arch villain of anybody. Like I as much as I enjoyed her seeing or seeing her be all catty and killer frosty uh, on Earth 2 I don't want to see this Caitlyn do that because she's such a fucking strong part of the team
0: yeah so there's that and actually this is going to bring me back a little bit when I was uh, thinking about Cisco um, so these are two of the changes that I really won't like uh, so number one of the cha- number one change that I really don't like is um, vibe actually uh, Cisco vibe uh, sort of helps Barry out at the end of uh, uh, not at the end but towards the middle you know latter act second act yeah, second act of towards the end of the second act in in this episode, um, you know, full on vibe powers. Uh, you know, like he he shoots the vibes and 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 takes down um, alcu or not the rival I think the rival, yeah, kind of. I mean, he I, I still don't think it was we we got a massive assist in a way that earth uh, regular normal timeline Earth One Cisco has not been able to achieve yet. So I'm kind of a, a little bit bummed that they're kind of skipping that
1: step and they're just taking him you know straight up to powered mode a little bit i don't think they are i think this is a one-off that isn't gonna repeat itself that often i think this is kind of one of the because even barry was like hey you and me that was pretty cool let's do that and cisco was like yeah about that (laughs) you still kind of pissed me off when you didn't go change the timeline for my brother to live uh yeah but i mean I, i i think it's more than that though i think he's probably still not developed to the point where that's an everyday thing for him and and that's okay yeah that's I'm like you. I would rather see that develop organically. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, time will tell. This is obviously still one of our favorite shows. Um, yeah. it's, and it's, it's, and we the, wouldn't spend this much time trying to find things wrong with it if we didn't care about it so much. Yeah. And the, I have the same feeling about, like, Caitlin
0: and Killer Frost. Like, I, I don't want some Earth 1 or, you know, some timeline shenanigans to be how we get... Killer Frost. If we get to Killer Frost, like there needs to be a clear fall, and that's what's what's hard for me. The last two seasons is um, the Earth Two Killer Frost, uh, uh, you know, mechanism like showing us Killer Frost uh, through her Earth Two top doppelganger. That made sense to me, but Earth One Caitlin Snow just could never be that. And so I'm going to be really disappointed if if this is what they do to get us to that. Um, And you know, I'm not even sure. You know, I know there's continuity. Um, but
1: I like this characterization so much that I'm not even sure I ever want her to be Killer Frost. Yeah, that's kind of my thing too, is is she's she's such a sweetheart. Like, like that's, that's that's kind one of, the- of her saving grace in this is that like doesn't matter that her fucking fiance has died twice and that the last guy she loved was Zoom. Yeah. Like she's still like a beautiful soul. Yeah. So that, that that's a little rough, but I don't know.
0: M- maybe that's going to be fuel for how how she becomes Killer Frost in this timeline. Yeah. Um, b- but still, I don't like it. it. Feels a little bit like a cheap trick to get there. So, eh. speaking of time cheap travel, tricks, is that yeah. way?
1: Let's talk about Arrow. <sighs> this is not the strongest episode of Arrow I've ever seen. No, it's um, not the worst either. But it it had some god, pretty it had some, some really things. fucking bad shit in it though. Like so. I'm just going to start off with the bad. Here's my thing. The last episode that we watched, we were like, man, it looks like they really have gone away from the will they won't they thing with Felicity. And they still have. But now it's a will they won't they with an entire team. And I'm just like, can we fucking not? Okay. So
0: the thing that really pissed me off about the whole team aspect is Ollie's training them. They're vigilantes. He doesn't know them. He's done cursory amounts of research on all but one of them. All but one of them, uh, um, the one that he does know is basically a giant pansy right now. So he's giving them a little tough love and training them in the same way that we've already seen Laurel trained, which is just basically you toughen the fuck up and you do your job. Um, and, and that's how Ollie's treating them we've already seen Roy being treated in a similar manner we've seen the original Sarah Lance Canary being treated in a similar manner and they all become badass superheroes and uh, then we've got our team today and Ollie's training them uh, the way that we've seen success with and uh, not being particularly horrible just tough just hard as nails they all
1: turn in their stress cards and walk away yeah and they're all like well
0: we can't because it's too hard and you know they're actually trying you know like people are trying to kill them actively on every mission we can't train with you because we don't trust you yeah and that's that's the way that they go and who 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 pieces together this revelation of uh, of knowledge that oliver needs uh felicity and so, of course, Felicity has to be the way that they tell us that uh, they don't trust you. And so what you have to do is reveal your secret. Um, because I guess you're telling everybody now. You might as well just tell everybody. That's, that's the Let's thing. Let's not see if they're good or bad or they wash out or they can follow directions. This is,
1: this is actually what made it worse for me. It wasn't just Felicity telling them that. Like It was Curtis's big speech, too. Like, like again, end of second act kind of a thing. Like, yeah, we're not going to come back because we, we don't trust you. And like I'm like is Oliver really so dense that we have to have two people on screen tell us this? Not like, only that, or but do it's they like, think we're that dense as an audience that we don't get it?
0: Not only that, but it's like, Curtis, you're the only fucking person here that knows who Oliver is that knows he kicks ass. Like you're the only person here who has zero reason to question like wild dog. Fine. He can question the other chick. Who's obviously going to take up the canary mantle in the most ham fisted fucking stupid way. Uh, You can question, at least. You don't know what's going on. Curtis, you're there. You've been here already. You know Oliver has been successful. You know some, a little, you know, cursory pieces of backstory. You know hard training is what we're going to do with this. I mean, who who just, like, who's like, you know what, I want to be a superhero, but not if the guy who's teaching me is kind of mean. Yeah. If he's kind
1: of mean, then I guess I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's kind of, and how stupid are they? Yeah. If they're just like. Let's keep trying to take him out individually. Let's not work together. Like the the point of the exercise is to learn the point of the exercise. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, like a long time ago. So yeah, not the strongest
0: episode of Arrow to me. That it, it's just another. It's just another like you know you had an idea there. Uh, I, there was like, an
1: idea that was decent, but then you went all stupid writery with it. I like the development uh, of the. Uh, uh, Tyrese character, <laughs> yeah. Church. His name is Church. Church. Yeah, it's totally Tyrese from The Walking Dead, though. So yeah, it I, is. <laughs> um, and uh, and then the one chick, CEO lady. Like, I I like that piece of the story. I still like the fact that we're getting more um, Thea. Yeah. Exposition and whatnot. Uh, Lance the, was actually really the standout for me. I think in these last couple of episodes. Uh, yeah. Um. I, I hope. I hope they don't drag the drinking thing out to like the mid-season finale, or worse, the season finale. Um, the
0: the thing that actually bugs me, like as much as I like Lance, I think I mostly like him because the actor that does him is is probably one of the best actors on the show. Um, I can't remember Paul Blackthorne. Paul Blackthorne, yeah. Yeah, what uh, drives me nuts about it though is like, uh, the, and I saw this comment on Reddit, and I can't remember who it was or I'd credit you, but um, that he said something like uh, along the lines of like. He's had two daughters and he's been to three of their funerals. Like they're stretching this bullshit a little too far.
1: Right. So here's this, this is if I'm Sarah Lance right now, I'm pissed because I've technically died twice. Yeah. And Laurel, sweet little Laurel dies once and then you go off the deep end and drink. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> well, I mean, th- that's not entirely
0: fair. He did have like a, a an episode, I think, when Sarah was lost at sea. Well, he and, was already
1: a drunk then. Like, I think yeah. is
0: the is the point. But like, but it's kind of like, fuck, man. How many times can you kill fucking uh, Paul Blackthorne's daughters? Like, he at this point, it's it's becoming a, almost a, like a trope. Um. Yeah. So yeah. As much as I like his progression as a character and, and how they how they handle him and and just how phenomenal Paul Blackthorne is, uh, man, did they need to figure out a little bit better
1: way to? It didn't really seem like it took much to write fucking Felicity's mom out of the whole equation either, did it? No. When <laughs> they were like, she's gone to heaven, I was
0: like, oh, thank fucking god. And they're like, the casino, and I was like, oh, so close. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Just. And I, I, there's no way to, say, there's no
1: we, way around it. We didn't mention this either, but again, we see Felicity on Flash, not nearly as much of a heinous cunt. Just
0: yeah, As she is on her own shot, I mean, and even now she's not such a heinous cunt. She's just the most annoying. Like she's where the writers dump all of their stupid, annoying plot ideas. I think
1: on Arrow. It's it's whereas Flash, she actually gets to be a character. Where where Flash uses Cisco to kind of be the advocate for the audience at large. Yeah. They try and do that with Felicity. Only they do it again to to steal a phrase from you in the most ham-fisted way they possibly could. Yeah. Like, they might as well have her walk on screen while they're doing stuff and be like, Oliver's being mean to his recruits because he doesn't know who they are. Yeah. And he wants them to not be Laurel. Like...
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just... I really do think the the biggest problem is, and this is why I I, I, first off, I really think still, um, you know, we're only two episodes in, and I'm calling it now. They need new writers. Like Arrow's not going to progress until it is under new management. Like the Arrow's not going to get better until it's under new management. Um, there's just no way around it. Like it 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 may be watchable. They may get it back to watchable again, but it's not going to
1: achieve you know season one and two levels. We're probably going to keep watching it so that you at home don't have to. Yeah. <laughs>
0: if you don't want to. I mean that that's the but that's the best that's the best I can give it this season so far is uh, episode 1 was pretty strong and episode episode 2 was watchable but there were still many there was still, you know, not an insignificant amount
1: of like claw my eyes out stupidity moments. Yeah. I just uh the dude in the bandages, <clears throat> that whole thing like Ragman. I didn't like it.
0: No, that was a little like it was too easy. They didn't they didn't progress that well at all either. It was too easy
1: and then like it was that one interaction. He's like, "Okay, I'll try the team out again." Yeah. And then he wasn't even there. Like, no. <laughs> um, like he's supposed to be part of the team after their conversation on the rooftop, and then he goes and talks to the other dudes, and like, he's just not there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So last up before we close out on era,
0: I want to mention one more thing that I came across on the internet this week. Um, somebody said something along the lines, or somebody was tweeting, not tweeting, maybe tumbling uh, uh, towards Guggenheim saying you know I, do you know about this uh um uh open letter and petition to get you removed as the showrunner of arrow and that they're petitioning you know for um uh not low but um jeff johns why do i keep fucking that up oh because it's jeff uh jeff johns they're positioning to get Je- or petitioning to get jeff johns to remove you and he said something along the lines of like yeah i'm sure there's a lot of people that want me removed from the show and and, and uh Sort of did it in a way that, you know, alludes to their possibility of it being John's as well. And, uh, you know, but but nobody really can. But everybody thinks they have a little bit more power than they really do. And I was kind of like, are you really calling out the head guy at D.C. and saying he can't get you off the show? Yeah. Like Jeff Jobs, uh, Jeff Jobs, Jeff Johns. Fuck me. Jeff Johns could fart in the wind and get you fired like he doesn't have to. He could snap his fingers and you'd be gone in a day. Like, yeah. and it, it, we'd all be the
1: better for it. Probably, and I'm at this pretty point. sure. I'm pretty sure he's got Berlanti's ear if he needs it.
0: Like that. That's the prevailing theory. Essentially, is that uh, Guggenheim has has uh, I don't know, like uh, some sort of blackmail on Berlanti, or really just that they go back and they're they're you know sort of buddies, um, and that's the only reason he's been able to hang on this long. But. It it, they just if they want this show to be successful they've they've really gotta you know face the hard facts it's done nothing but gone gone downhill under Guggenheim's run in fact probably one of the most precipitous drops that I will ever remember in TV history. Here's here's the thing. Um, not even and one more sorry, not even just in like my own personal opinion of like now the show sucks, but like viewer numbers follow right along with what I'm saying.
1: No, I and, and it does, and the thing about uh being a showrunner that Guggenheim has to understand is that the walking dead every season of the walking dead has been good I'm not saying great but every season has been
0: good Uh, some seasons I would downgrade to watchable status but overall I've I've enjoyed the show's
1: run but have lost the showrunner specifically because they didn't carry the vision that the producers were looking for Mm mm-hmm doesn't matter if that season was a good season or a great season or anything else i think season three one of the stronger seasons that they've had guess what season four new showrunner
0: and actually that doesn't surprise me at all uh season one under darabont uh yeah. had a lot of problems two was darabont too i think wasn't it um uh, parts i think but i think yeah. around i think season two uh ish uh, was when they switched showrunners again cuz one was only the 6 episodes. I can't remember who who the runner the showrunner was at that point um and went through season 3. And those were also when I when I said watchable, I was mainly talking about season 2 and and most of season 3. Um there were parts of season 3 that were better than others, uh but there were parts of season 3 that were just absolutely retarded as well. And
1: uh of course they fired him and now they went with Scott Gimple in season 4, I believe. And we're, so we're up to Six, this will be season seven, the startings, and Gimple's been there for a while now. And
0: it doesn't surprise me that that's the case, because he's the one that I think has most uh, stuck with what I, what the vision of the comics, I believe, well, is.
1: Gimple cares about the characters.
0: That 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 seems to be the thing, and so when when we as go back... As much
1: and- as we hated the finale of season six, I don't think you can say that it's because that Gimple doesn't care. I think it's they made a bad decision, and Kirkman was part of that decision, so I'm not going to blame it all on Gimple anyway. In fact, yeah, I think Kirkman was probably a big There's
0: lots on that. of people that were part of that decision, so I, th- I don't think it's fair to take down any one person. I think it was a bad decision. Obviously, we've yeah. gone on record of saying that already, and I think there's a lot of people that have backed me up in that statement. But the the basic here is, um, as many showrunners as The Walking Dead has gone through, um, one of the chief things that has kept this showrunner on so long is that he's, I think, maintaining the most faith towards the comics that we've seen so far, and uh, the comics, uh, you know, the stories that lots and lots of people love. And then the opposite's true over on Arrow. Uh, season 1 and 2 are definitely departures from some of the comic elements we've seen, but mostly broad strokes pretty much similar. Um, in fact, the the uh, showrunners left there to go do bigger things, The Flash. Um, and then we um, get uh, Guggenheim who just goes right off the fucking rails. Just takes the comics and wipes his ass with them and, and here we are.
1: Here's the thing, Guggenheim. You can either stand on your own and say this is this is what we're going to do and make a quality show or you can be the next Airbot. up to you like i just don't get how long he, how
0: he's stuck on this long or how he even still finds work i mean if you go look at his imdb imdb page it is a graveyard for shitty movies like um and now we're going to add arrow to that too so like they, they need to stop letting guggenheim make casualties of properties that people love yeah um, all right segue actually that may be the show because we didn't watch legends or i watched legends but Matt didn't didn't. so we're not going to talk about on the show that's one of the watches with the wife so we you
1: know we got to give him, we got to give him a little grace on that one yeah we'll we'll catch up next week i'm we'll we'll be completely caught up by the time we record and yeah regular time next week too so yeah cool Uh, um so yeah that's the show for this week um go tell us
0: about how you feel about this show or any of our others on um facebook facebook.com slash whatever show yeah uh, we're on Twitter at, at whatever show mm-hmm. you can email your questions comments and so forth uh, to questions at whatever dot co and as usual we, this is the part where we whore ourselves for iTunes likes and ratings because that's one of the best ways that you can get us to boost our show numbers uh, thereby make us a little bit money so we can up
1: production values and do cooler yeah. stuff we've seen the little ticks come through yeah. on the weekly downloads and whatnot so we know there's people out there downloading the show and listening to it um,
0: go give us a rating It'd be super if you could get us to do that viral thing. Like, I keep trying to find the, the button to click that says, like, go viral, but it's just not there.
1: Yeah, so you guys have to do it for us. Yeah, and it'd be super. I mean, it's it's kind of... We sit down. I mean, we sacrifice a lot, right? We sit down, and we drink several beers. Several, And yes. talk about nerdy shit for hours at a time. We, we may or least... may not have already been planning to do that with or without microphones. It's the least you could do to go on iTunes and... and And click on the rating and give us a rating and and maybe even leave us a comment. Um, Also, for those of you who have reached out uh, via the Facebook messages, uh, keep doing that. That's cool. Like, I was really, really excited when I was like, hey, we got a message. Yeah, And it's not for me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, you know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show for this week. We'll see you in like seven days or something. Yep, later. Bye.